Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. Someday, I'll fight in the Kumite and make my father proud. Welcome to the Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia. That's why they call this thing Bloodsport Kid Hale. <laughs> you know, I guess it is why they call it Bloodsport Jackson. Thanks for really pointing it out. That's why they call it the Bloodsport. <laughs> a scab no scam. This is, of course, the Canon Canon. We are the podcast that talks about Canon films and all of their amazing output. And uh, this is this is a big one, people. Yes, we we have been we've been holding off on this for a very long time, just doing that weird thing you sometimes do in a, a podcast scheduling when you're not great at scheduling, where you're like, we got to really reserve this for something special. Yeah, we got to get a great guest for this a one. Great guest. Who's it going to be? I don't know. I'm tired. I'm busy. I don't know. Frank, you want to just finally do it and have fun? Yeah, we're like, yeah, why the fuck didn't we just do this? Yes. But, you know, it's fitting for this month. It is fitting for this month. So, yeah. So, uh, you know. JCVD July. JCVD July. I'm sure. So, also, so if you're listening to this, we are, of course, covering today. Well, we are we are we are smack dab in All right, depending on when you're listening to us. I'm not going to get too complicated here. I'm not going to uh, uh be complicated like a Frank Dukes style story. But uh, not going to spend too much time on this, but if you're listening to it uh when it is coming out for the first time, you're a loyal Patreon member and we appreciate you and thank you for joining patreon.com/thecannoncannon and this is the end of JCVD lie. But if you're listening to it in our free feed, hey, I hope you've been enjoying this month of JCVD lie. <laughs> oh yeah, buns buns buns, those splits. Oh, baby. So, yeah, if you're listening to this in the Patreon, you probably have heard us uh, cream in our jeans uh, like we're Toby Hooper about JCVD for mm-hmm. an entire month. Uh, and you don't need us babbling more about the backstory of JCVD, but we'll probably be doing it anyways. But either way, today we are covering 1987. I believe. 88. 88, of course. One of my favorite movies, and I still don't know the year. 1988, Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Oh, now that's why they call it Bloodsport. So, yeah, so this is uh, usually in our Patreon, we do it could have been a canon, but mm-hmm. because we've covered most of the JCVDs, but then we wanted to give a tribute to the man. Also, kind of realizing it. Yeah, we're flipping it up. We flip it for real, uh, as you say from the usual suspects. Uh, we are uh, flipping it around, and our actual canon is coming out as our could have. And then currently, uh, uh, our, our you know it'll happen by the time you're listening to this in the free feed. All of our Patreon members are currently picking which ones of the JCVD extensive filmography we are going to be uh, watching, talking about, and again, creaming our jeans about. Um, and uh, so uh, it's been a great month. 
people. Or, man, I can't wait to start this month. It is That's so right. awesome. Uh, before we really get into it, do want to give just one quick shout out to Tony Dare, uh, new member of our Patreon. He's a quarter main or a quarter main. I love to do a quarter main. Uh, but thank you so much uh, for being a quarter main and supporting. Every little bit counts, people, and we appreciate it. Uh, especially since, and I mentioned this on our Twitter, uh, you know, we talked to Austin Trunick, Canon Film Guide, Volume 2 is out. Uh, and if you haven't listened to our interview with him, go check that out. If you do not have the book yet, go get that. It is really great. We've realized because of these books, we might have to do some revisit episodes because yeah. he's putting a new light on everything. Yeah. But also, he reached out to us because we had talked about, oh, what? how many like acquisitions do they also have? How many movies does Canon maybe have where it maybe they didn't exactly make it, but they threw their logo on, they did something? Canon uh, maybe has, uh, according to Austin and his uh, math, maybe a thousand movies. <laughs> if we wanted to, he said we could go till 2040 doing this. <laughs> wow, 2040. <sighs> like we'll make it to then. Oh, definitely. But the only <laughs> way we truly will make it or get even close is if you join our Patreon. Like, It'll be like that uh, Kids in the Hall sketch with Dave Foley where he's uh, just in the bunker and the... The apocalypse, and he's just playing. I gotta bring But the our song will just be "Blooded Roses" by the Smithereens from the Dangerously Close soundtrack, <laughs> which I need to order. I saw that there's copies pretty cheap, and I've been feeling oh, really? like I need to. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, one on that Discogs. I get. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, I think we both need it. I think we need a soundtrack on it that doesn't have yeah. "Black Celebration" on it. Must have been a must have been a label yeah. problem. Had to be, had to be, but we both of us need to be jamming blood and roses. Um, yeah, but so yeah, we're we are doing our tribute to JCVD Jean Claude Van Damme, uh, also in honor of him, uh, still being awesome. I am so excited, and I've talked about this, I think, before. I think I'm gonna take my kid to his first movie in the movie theaters. He's finally vaccinated, I'll feel comfortable. We got to go see that new Minions, baby. Oh, yeah. Because, My daughter is psyched for oh, it. Man, he is psyched, too. It is Jean-Claude Van Damme is going to be making an appearance. Uh, wow. I was psyched to watch Kung Fu Panda 2 the other day, not because I necessarily <laughs> need to watch another children's movie that I zone out through most of it, but because Jean-Claude does a voice in there. <laughs> and it's very fun to picture him coming in for like, I don't know, two hours to bang out like three lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just be like, karate. Like, and you're just like, oh, you got it. That's good. <laughs> um, but. Could I get some uh, honey tea, please? <laughs> He's a real diva. It takes him a week to do those three lines. Would not put it past our boy JCVD. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but today, again, today is an important one. Today we are watching Bloodsport. Uh, uh, Bloodsport. Oh, Bloodsport. So I have to say right away, I was watching this and I was realizing, I think Bloodsport might be my number one comfort watch movie. Yeah, like out of everything, like I, I, I as I rewatched more than it, Cobra, I think it actually might be more than Cobra. Like, and wow. and because I think I've actually been watching it, and it's only by a butthole hair. Like, I mean, it is 
Like, because Cobra is definitely like a put it on. But I'll say this. One of the reasons I, I, I was realizing it, and I think there are many reasons I love JCVD that we've probably talked about all month and I'll talk about more today. Um, and I'm sure I've mentioned before, but this movie, I, I wrote it down like halfway through that like this is the diehard of canon movies. Right. In that even with its uh, flawed script and story, it still somehow seems flawless yeah. in its flawedness. And most importantly, I think why it's a comfort watch is I don't think there's one moment in this movie where I get bored or zone out. Yeah. Like, it never stops. And and it changes tone. And Cobra, I love so much, but there are a handful of moments where I can like be like, I've watched this a billion times. It's getting a little slower before it kicks in at the end in the foundry town. It maybe starts to slow down. Yeah. Um, this movie doesn't. Like, it's insane. Jeff, I think it's the power of JCVD. Honestly, like, because, yeah. you know, you, you read that Dudikoff was considered, but they thought he was too tall or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, man, like, he's he's got undeniable charm and... Say what you will about his acting. It's like, yeah, everybody knows he's not the best actor, but he has he has something that's so magnetic. Yeah. That like he makes the movie. I mean, great there's other great people in the movie, but he like he carries that movie yeah. completely. It's just like even if you think his acting is bad, you can't help but be engrossed and just charmed by it because you're like yeah i i don't know i just forgive i forgive so much in this movie because it's so enjoyable well because also if you're getting as sucked in as most people do if they finally watch Bloodsport, and if you don't then you're just like a completely different personality than i can imagine but yeah. like then you're like, is he really that bad of an actor if he's that engrossing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, in a lot of ways, like, in, in, in it just ends up being that kind of concept of, like, what is bad? Like, he's, 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 when he's uh, struggling, it's in the most charming way possible. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that is rough. Mm-hmm. His his uh, his emoting, you yes. know, anytime he had to emote or show any kind of like, yeah, his fear and everything is very over the top. Yes, and very much like uh, kid acting a little bit is what I like to call it, you know. But where it's like infinitely charming. But like, I just don't care. No, it's like I really don't like. I something I would probably criticize with another movie being like, oh my god, can you believe this? And then it's just like, no. No, I love this movie. It's fun as hell, and it's like, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I think he's great. I just yeah. think he's great. And also, they, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I think, kind of like a big shout out to, uh, the director and the. I would say actually more so the editor. So edited by Carl Cress and Michael J. Duthie, and then directed by New Arnold. But mm-hmm. this movie has so much slow mo. Like so much slow mo, and well, I will say it worked. Okay. Like it, I was just gonna say, like it is like you never want less slow mo. The slow mo always works, but I will say the flashback stuff at the beginning of the movie is pretty uh, jarring. <laughs> it's the way it's edited. It's it's edited very frantically and poorly. <laughs> I will say that. Yes, but it smooths out. It smooths out. I think it's good. good. I think the edit, especially the fight scenes, like I think it's really hard to edit fight. 
and best fight scenes in any any movie. I'm just gonna. I mean, say because it it's like up. you're just watching like an MMA. I mean, granted, there's cuts to cheat and everything like that, but like. I was listening, there's certainly watching, a, there's certainly at least one kick that ever since I started watching it is a close up where the guy is like kicked one way and the the turn is the opposite and he way. turns yeah he flips <laughs> yeah. the other way I don't know I do you ever watch the corridor digital series where no. they talk about like VFX artists uh, analyze you know VS, VFX shots there are these like great like VFX guys mm-hmm. who look at scenes from movies and they talk about why it's good or why it's bad or like what happens in the production that made it bad right like the the last fight scene in Black Panther about like how they only had a month to do it and that's right. why it looks like complete horseshit but um, or Masters was, of the Universe, which is why we might have to revisit it, reading the chapter in Austin Trunix, where you're like, wow, yeah. that last day of shooting is a wild Wolf. story. But they, they had a, a a fight choreographer on to talk about fight scenes and stuff and how like now they try to do it as natural as possible. And I feel like for that time, that feels as close to what he was talking about than yeah. any of the movies at that time. Yeah. Especially Seagal. <laughs> I mean that's the th- I mean that's the other part like think about this is our our uh main debut of him as a leading star Jean-Claude is Van Damme it? like him as the the lead like not yeah. as like a bad guy not it cuz if uh, like let's let, let me just look quickly at his cuz yeah I'm pretty sure it's his if you really were breaking it down his like filmography uh yeah, he's uncredited extra, Monica Forever, break-in, uncredited extra, no retreat, no surrender, uh, main antagonist role, That's but that's just antagonist, and then right. Bloodsport. So, so he yeah, goes leading from- man, that's his first leading role. And so, first leading role, and the, the key with it is, because like, look, man, Seagal still, I think, is one of the greatest tricks that's ever been pulled on middle-aged- 80s dads like where oh, yeah. he's just not intriguing but is so intriguing in the in a weird way why i want to give credit to the director and the editor is that like it, it it's to have the first movie tap into and maybe it's a chicken and the egg thing where it's set up the things that we're gonna want later from a jcvd but to understand i think that's the thing is they understood what you want out of him yeah. So amazingly, we're like again with those slow mos. It's that you want constant slow mos that tap into he is, and we have given him this credit before. One of the best yellers in the action oh, yeah. game, like in his like overselling of a like is taking the Bruce Lee times it by a thousand, make his yeah. eyes bug out, and it looks so good. It looks so good sound wise. They know what to do. With his like yell, and that uh, like, and that they could really drag out a good JCVD yell. Uh, <laughs> they there are seven splits in this movie. <laughs> like they, I mean, there's <laughs> just constant. I mean, and let's be honest, JCVD is thick. Oh my god, those yes. <laughs> buns. That I mean, that scene where that, it reminded me of what you told me about your aunt used to take you to the to, every JCVD uh, movie. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that's a Jeff's aunt shot where yeah. he's just bedded uh, the reporter, and he's got those those briefs on, 
and just slides them up over that perfect fucking ass and just like <sighs> ooh, i know as my aunt said little little something for the ladies right there <laughs> i remember when well, we that's watched what I it think you were talking about how like uh kind of like 80s dads were like more into seagal and i think it's because they they got they were a little threatened by the muscles from Brussels. You know, he's Hondo. not American. Yeah. Where where like Seagal kind of felt like, you know, oh yeah, I can maybe do this. Uh, you know, Seagal is achievable. Yeah. <laughs> like because, right. and because he even was what he's American doing, and, you're like, uh, and like if you're doing uh, this is me saying this of not completely knowing the style, but like the way Seagal translates Aikido comes across as like he's just tripping them and by accident yeah. like it doesn't feel intentional <laughs> it feels right. like he's like we've he's maybe kind of guiding them over his yeah. foot to trip and sometimes almost like he didn't mean to and that he's in right. between doing like playground slap fighting <laughs> i did that no but i yeah i because i feel like that's part of it too because like they're watching this and they you know they kind of feel uncomfortable a little bit yeah being like little tantalized by those buns and they're just like no no but the weird part too i'm just realizing is for the first time and maybe i'm wrong on this but like is jcvd the more achievable schwarzenegger like like just that like schwarzenegger is such a smooth completely jacked like freak of nature giant that we will never arnold, achieve arnold is a god yes and he is and, a god and an adonis he's just like he's he's something that you have to like alter your body and lifestyle completely yes where jcvd is more of the mma thing where a dude in his garage listening to joe rogan's like i could do this yeah and he'll shave he'll shave his chest Oh yeah, but uh, it's a little. It just. I do think it's just like he's a. He's at least a demigod. Like he's not a god. God. It's like versus like yeah. Like right. Schwarzenegger is just straight up like. There's only one. Like there can yeah. be only one, and it is Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can try as hard as you might, Rock. Yeah. It's not going to be it. Oh, God, no. There, there, there's never going to be another Schwarzenegger. Rock is so far off the mark in my mind. Like, and I know he's And I going like for, Rock, but yeah. I've just, you know, yeah. But not enough most of the time, too. Like, that's yeah. the thing. Like, it's not the fucking... Schwarzenegger is a special. But I just think, like, JCVD is, like, take the Schwarzenegger stuff and pull back some of it. Mostly just thinking of, like, the kind of, like, he's got the pecs. He's got yeah. like a body. He's got a butt, and he's also got a smooth chest. Mm. Um, uh, uh, Butter it, just slides right off ooh, of it, just right off it. <laughs> it's like baby. a Teflon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and so like it just like I. It, but that's the other part of why JCVD and why Bloodsport is just this like kind of perfect comfort watch is. All of the elements work in it. Like the directing's awesome. The the we'll get in the soundtrack. It is one of the best oh soundtracks ever. I love ever. the soundtrack so um, much. And I'll say too, with editing, I'm with you. It's still a canon movie. There's still always going to be fucked yeah. up shit. That being said, for another style of dad movie, I finally watched No Time to Die or whatever. Even that, I was like weird editing sometimes like i was oh, like the the last bond yeah the last bond movie yeah, i saw like, that we saw that in the theaters yeah i watched it the other day uh with my wife and like i i 
my mom has a bad habit of just like she loves to point out like inaccuracies in movies. Yeah, like, uh, my mom's the same. And I'm like, too. you don't even understand how movies are made. But <laughs> there are a fair amount of things where I was like, well, that's really like the counter shot is really not matching with where you were just at. And like, this is a movie that they put in every single dime that could ever be existed. Like, and still they're having issues with some of the back and forth talking in that movie. Like, well, you have to keep in mind. Oh, you're talking about the dialogue scenes. Yeah, some of the dialogue, not yeah. even the fighting. Like the fighting, sometimes every now and then, but not completely. Like it was just more of like, I was like, it shouldn't be this clunky for like being the tentpole movie of yeah. a season sort of thing. Um, but that's another movie that we, you know, we were talking about Marvel before uh, uh, we got on. I mean, I've. We've, we've talked about it when we did our canon, not could have been a canon. Like, I've never watched any but the the, the one we watched, Never Say Never Again, um, and oh, really? yeah. uh, uh, any of the Daniel Craig's. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you're going to be completely fucking lost. I don't know what's going it. on. I watched No Time to Die, and I didn't know what. Because also, it is this just not to get a no time uh, to die tear uh, tangent, but this well. is what we do. But it does connect to the Never Say Never Again. Or Never Say Die Again? What the hell was that one called? Never Say Never that we covered? Never Say Never Again. That's it. I thought that No Time to Die felt like the Never Say Never Again of... That's what I was talking about. There are set pieces when they're going through... uh, Oh, God, where was it? When they're, like, riding the motorcycles through the town. Yeah. And it's basically... Like, there's a chase scene that happens through this uh, European... I'm sorry, I don't remember, but... Yeah, yeah. It's it's basically... I said that in the Never Say Never Again episode of, like... It's basically the same scene. Right. And the but, whole thing is about him being old, and there's a lot of jokes about him being old. Oh, yeah. And we yeah. would talk about that so much when we were doing the Never Say Never Again episode, but, like... I would, And it's... Uh, Am I right? Like, because my I, Christy realized my wife had realized she maybe had never really watched any of the Daniel Craig ones either, and she's like, maybe you watched them alone. And I was like, yeah, I remember I started watching them because uh, Jay Green, who did uh, Kinjate with us, yeah, had said like, oh, I know you don't care about Bomb, but you'll like these. They're basically like the Bourne movies, like they're they're like yeah. Mission Impossible. And I was, and he's like, they're a little bit more serious and like whatever. But then this one felt like they were like, we want to have little touches of it being like roger moore jokey yeah like and they gave it a little bit of camp i think it definitely felt like they were like let's get one last one in with some camp here or there like yeah even the the spinning around car with the fucking machine guns oh i was like that was awesome (laughs) and i was like they don't do that in the other daniel craig ones that's like kind of goofy It was a little, it got a little fast and furious and uh, yeah. old school Bondy there. Yeah. But I will say, like, I confuse, because I've seen them, the the Craig ones, because like I said, my wife is a big Bond fan. Yep. But um, we're also big Mission Impossible fans. Like, we watch all the, we, we have them, we watch them, they're fun. Mm-hmm. But my problem is, the later it gets into the Mission Impossible series, I realized I was mixing up with the bond the daniel craig bond stuff so then when i was like oh and they use uh some actors they have there's overlap (laughs) too sometimes and so i was like wait but i thought i was like wait hold on and then i was like wait what did he get gassed in a record shop and i was like wait no that was mission impossible yeah 
Fuck. They all merge, and I don't know what's going on in Mission Impossible. I've watched them all multiple times. I've definitely talked about that. We've talked about that. Like, I'm always like, is he a rogue? Wasn't he just a rogue agent? He's a rogue agent Every again? movie is a rogue agent. Every single one. <laughs> when is he, he ever going to just be an agent? Better be an agent. Come on. <laughs> Seinfeld Mission Impossible. Um, but. I think it'd sound a little something like this. <laughs> Jerry. Let her be an agent. <laughs> she was an agent. She was a double agent. She was a double agent. She was she a double, double agent. agent. <laughs> <laughs> so of course that means we're talking about blood sport. But uh, so yeah, I just I, it, it is uh, and and you know I'm sure I'm going to be talking about this on every JCVD episode or I have already. Uh, but yeah, JCVD has always been big for me, as you mentioned, my aunt and. Uh, uh, me used to watch them, but this was the one that started it. Like, cause I must've just like, it was just on, like, this is one that was definitely on a lot. And I fell in love with it super early and she was taking care of me. I was like, can we rent blood sport? I want you to see this. And I was pretty damn young. Um, again, realizing that was something I didn't mention when I went home, I went through old photos and I had like a photo of me dressed as Freddy Krueger when I was nine. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, what oh, was yeah. going on with you and me? Like, we had, yeah. like, I Dude, had I fucking, was, uh, I had made my own costume at nine years old. <laughs> Dude, I, I, one of the podcast. I know you listen to Angorly and Russ, but yep. I was, I also listened to, like, Halloweenies. I don't know if you've heard that. Uh, uh, yes, I have heard of it. I haven't listened to it yet, I don't think. Because they do the series of, like, they go through, you know, Nightmare, and they go, I mean, they started with Halloween, then they went through Nightmare, and then Friday the 13th, and then now they're on Evil Dead. But, like, um, revisiting it with them and them talking about when they first saw it, too, it's just, like, there's a certain breed of people that just like that like us were like what the fuck were we doing yeah watching this so young i was dressed as a pedophile <laughs> rapist at nine <laughs> years old and i had made my uh, my own costume by pulling a stocking over my head and painting red lines on it to be a burn victim <laughs> like oh, jeff he's so funny when he kills these kids. <laughs> oh man he does have some good one ladders <laughs> but uh so yeah i mean all of this stuff was obviously super early um uh and but also i re- like you know like one of the reasons bloodsport is so awesome and it's like weirdly it's 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 hard to uh it's like i have to like put aside what mma and kind of ufc has become right yeah but like xfl no uh, yeah exactly <laughs> like we have to just put aside our differences on the xfl um, but uh oh man when the xfl came out i was real excited it's like <laughs> oh i was uh, yeah it was big could not give a fuck about and football cousin, but... and wanted to watch the xfl and reading about it now is very funny how their like pay was so fucked up they yeah. were paid like nothing they were paid worse than you and i are for doing yep. cannon cannon <laughs> um yep. but uh I don't know if you watched it, but I remember distinctly the first pay-per-view, like basically what became UFC, like the ultimate fighting championship number one, uh, uh, being on pay-per-view because my dad had an illegal scrambler that he got from the back of Rolling Stone so I could watch it. And 
and I also was just reading about this. Apparently, John Milius is was involved in it from like oh, Conan. That doesn't surprise me, right? Whatsoever. And he's the one who suggested that it should be an octagon because he just thought it would feel more like an action movie or Mad Max. The octagon. Yes, exactly. But I remember what like in being super excited because I was just like, "This is Bloodsport!" Like I can't yeah. believe they're fucking pairing together, and. Combined with like every other, uh, you know, red blooded American child of our age, like I loved Street Fighter Two a lot. <laughs> Dude, we've we've talked about Street Fighter. This this is what we're talking about. This movie, this one of the reasons why this movie rules so hard mm-hmm. is because it is more Street Fighter than Street Fighter. <laughs> yes, I mean, look. Um, 80s racism? Are you going to say 80s racism? (laughs) Yes. Well, I was going to say it should be Bloodsport, a.k.a. stereotype the movie, but (laughs) like it's whatever because it's like it's big, broad, and it's like different fighting styles from different parts of the country, and it's so fucking fun to watch, and that's exactly... That's a video game thing where it's like, that was Street Fighter. Yeah. Or, or Mortal Kombat, which literally takes from <laughs> yes. Bloodsport. Right. Which was inspired by... Or they say it was yes. inspired by Bloodsport. But that's the crazy part, too. This is why also Bloodsport is so canon, is you're like, oh my god, this is so 80s racism at times in caricature. And yeah. then is also like some of the first real representation of certain styles of fighting yes in different cultures all at once like uh, i think is it is it i think it's the guy paco who is the muay thai fighter like he w- and he fights with his like fists up but kind of down right like the praying mantis style yeah like yeah. he was like a like he's like the, they they kind of, some people like credit him for like introducing muay thai to uh, America because it yeah. was like he was like this amazing Muay Thai fighter <laughs> like they have and and uh, we'll talk about it more I, I sent you this weird like where I was like oh yeah MMA guys can oh, the really MMA get deep. thing yeah I tried to and it almost crashed my computer because it's one of those I things know. where you have to click over to the next Ugh, it's the worst and you thing. get a billion pop-ups and probably can't look at it it'll shut down our zoom but like yeah this yeah. like MMA uh, 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 blog that I was like, I'm just going to trust you because I don't know about this shit, was like going pretty in-depth about ranking all of the fighters yeah. um, but in, and, and giving their style and then mm-hmm. giving like, you know, what they would do, but also like pointing out like, oh, fucking, you know, what he was, what uh, Frank Dukes is doing here is wouldn't work because you have to do this type of kick into this and blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, it's interesting though. I think it was uh, if I'm going by the top four, uh, Frank Dukes might have been three, and the yeah. guy ranked Chong Lee above him. But then I think Paco's number yeah. one. He was just like this guy would be the best MMA fighter. He's a real fighter. He yeah. does this. He does this. Not Jackson, who's just basically a drunk bar fighter. Jackson was <laughs> six because he thought Jackson would still have the burliness. But yeah, I think even yeah. in fighting style for Jackson, it just had question mark. Like it was just yeah. like he's got no fighting style weirdly and we'll get into this more our catchphrase uh uh he the guy ranked the uh most problematic fighter as number four because he's like he's cartoony and this is but his moves would have been good for this and this he was like more yeah, going literally yeah. Yeah. like if he's like don't count the flipping and the weird like quote-unquote monkey style which is really what like because even this blog yeah. i think he wrote fighting style 
It might have been like capoeira slash monkey style with a with a fucking question mark. It is the most. It's the biggest only bummer. Well, it's not the only bummer. There's a couple bummers that can happen in this movie, but it's like that's part of it. You're watching a canon film. Yeah. You're gonna have some bummers. Um, should we get into some facts? Since we're, of course we're half hour, <laughs> might as well. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, <laughs> Uh, so April 29th, 1988 is when it was released. So there's some conflicting budget information here. So on IMDb, it says it was 1.1 million, million and it grossed 11 million worldwide. But Wiki says that it was 1.5 to 2.3 million and grossed 50 million worldwide. Okay. I think that was like after some time. And of course, on video, it did like it did a ton of money. Yeah. Um, so uh, not to get political here. Uh, Jeff, I think that we have to address this. Mm-hmm. Former, former U.S. President <sighs> Donald Trump, the biggest state, described <laughs> Bloodsport as his favorite film. So we can reach across the aisle here. We can reach across the aisle here. It might have been one of the reasons we held off on doing it. Uh, at least subconsciously for a while. We didn't want it to be an endorsement. <laughs> exactly. Uh, because, hey, you know, uh, sometimes even a broken clock has got to be right two times a day or something, right? <laughs> um, according to, uh, Also, I'm pretty sure I read that, like, at least at one point, someone was saying that they thought that Donald Trump's favorite movie was Bloodsport with all of the talking cut out. <laughs> right. Like he has a super cut that's just the fighting. I like to picture that he just has uh the the monkey fighting that we were just describing. Like the 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 whatever that style is supposed that racist style is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. He only grabbed onto the 80s racism parts of this. <laughs> we're gonna teach all our US troops how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like he's good. <laughs> That was his, yeah, he's going to push it on all of them. He's like, I, I, got, I, got Fra- I got Frank Dukes here. I got Frank Dukes. One, yeah. one of the, one of the America's great Dukes, heroes. part of the military now. Nothing, nothing wrong in his stories. We'll get into Frank Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Isn't well, it if, amazing? If really no, that's amazing, though. Picture that, though. Bloodsport is Donald Trump's favorite movie, and it's in a movie based off of one of the biggest liars in all of <laughs> martial arts. All right. Sorry if we offended you. Actually, not sorry. but whatever. No, I'm not sorry. If you fucking yeah. love Donald Trump, and also if yeah. you're probably the same person who's like, Frank Dukes did everything that he actually said he did. <laughs> Chill the fuck out about your life. I will say this. If, if Trump was really going to troll us, he would say that being there was his favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. He'd really throw us all off. It's like, oh, oh wow. wow. Interesting. <laughs> I guess he is playing three-dimensional chess. Wow. Um, <laughs> so this is directed by Newt Arnold, who was has a illustrious career uh, as... Is that right? Illustrious? Did I, I say that right? A, I, let's just go illustrious. <laughs> Lustri- I'm going to say illustrious. I'm going to say illustrious. He's got... <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. Newt Arnold he got illustrious career here. <laughs> now he was second and first unit director for a shit ton of movies, like stuff like Godfather Two, The Abyss, Goonies, Blade Runner, War Games, but also uh, stuff that for canon, like Alan Quatermain, and, yeah, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, and Invasion USA. Like you go to his IMDb, it's staggering. Um, but not it many was, uh, full direction, right? No, I mean, a lot, a lot of it, it was the second unit and first unit directing that he did. Which is great. Uh, Honestly, most of the time, that's where some of the best stuff is, especially in an action movie. 
Yeah, and then the writers was Sheldon Lettish, uh, or Lettish, Lettish, yep. Lettish. Lettish, I think. Yeah, wacky, wild stuff, Lettish. <laughs> um, but, uh, I know, I'm a full dad today. Um, but Weird, wild stuff. <laughs> he directed Lionheart. Ooh. This writer, yeah. and then also wrote uh, for Rambo Three and Double Impact. He he also directed and Legionnaire, mm-hmm. and uh, then also Christopher Cosby, who only wrote for Bloodsport. Uh, Mel Friedman, uh, mostly an editor, like for Breaking Bad and Poltergeist and stuff like that. And of course, story provided by Frank Dukes. Yeah, so we yeah we're uh, yeah we'll 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 talk about Frank Dukes in a second. Yeah, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but uh, the taglines for this: the secret contest where the world's greatest warriors fight in a battle to the death. Yeah, the true story of an American ninja. Well, there's a lie in there, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Multiple lies right away. <laughs> Based on the real story of the Great White Dragon. Oh boy. Okay. Yep. <laughs> now that sounds uh, a little dicey there. <laughs> if you got a movie tagline, where you <laughs> you might be a cannon. <laughs> you might be burning a cross. Um, yeah, exactly. So the top. You might have been are... there on January six. <laughs> Frank the Dukes is probably ten... there on January six. I'll say that right now. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he led the charge. Him Trump and specifically. Together. Yeah, it was it was Frank right. Dukes. We gotta have the best. Yeah, it was Frank Dukes, Jay Johnston, and uh, uh, John Schaefer from Iced Earth. They were and, all uh, uh, John Mouse. <laughs> yes, all leading the charge. <laughs> all right. Um, so the top ten movies of 1988. We're talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Coming to America, Good Morning Vietnam, Big Crocodile Dundee, Two, Three Men and a Baby, Die Hard, Moonstruck, Cocktail, and Beetlejuice. Where do you think this landed? 67. Sort of close. 87. Okay. Look at it's that. It's in between Working Girl and Caddyshack 2. Oh, man. Which is wild because that means I I didn't see it in a the theater, but I definitely could have because I definitely saw Caddyshack 2 in the theater yeah. and was wildly disappointed. <laughs> so I I remember renting it and being very disappointed, too. I can't too. fathom how disappointed you would have been because you also have to like go through the mental hoop of being like, no, it's not weird what Dan Aykroyd's doing. That's to me. I was very yeah. I was excited because I was like, I fucking love Aykroyd, and then I was watching it and I was like, what the fuck is he doing here? Like a not funny kind of impression of his friend. Like you know what I mean? Like in a weird way. Um, it was like a Julia Childs meets I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's basically it's oh like, we're gonna get rid of this oh yeah it's like <laughs> uh, okay. oh i'm just gonna put some dynamite here i guess i thought randy quaid was very funny at that big quaid head over here so i, oh, I remember I know. you love getting quaid oh um, man you know i do but uh so yeah 1988 the releases from canon now this is where it gets dicey because we got Canon Group Incorporated, and yep. then like all the like German and all the international and all this <laughs> shit. So some of it is iffy on this. So don't uh, you know uh, don't, throw me over don't the Don't burn across, Sudfrex. Yeah, don't don't go white dragon on me. Uh, so <laughs> summertime blues, stray days, the arrogant, Braddock missing in action two, gore, mercenary fighters, going bananas, Bernadette. 
Alien from L.A., Bloodsport, which is this movie. Why did I read that? Appointment <laughs> with Death, Papaquatsi, Shy People, Salsa, The Frog Prince, Puss and Boots, Journey to the Center of the Earth, Hero in the Terror, DC Follies, uh, that they uh, they <laughs> produce for TV and VHS release. Remember DC yes. Follies, Sid and Marty Croft. All right, yep. uh, Messenger of Death, Doing Time on Planet Earth, Platoon Leader, Evil Angels, Hannah's War, Hansel and Gretel, and Haunted Summer. Wow, every single one of those movies feels like it should not have come out in '88, but in like '83 to '86. Truly, <laughs> especially gore. <laughs> but like I said, there's so many like moving pieces and yeah. like associations and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Bloodsport feels the most 88. Like it just feels dead on. Like of like yeah. what, what we all want out of the world. I mean, 88, We're I was alien 10 years from old. LA too. Oh man. Jesus Christ. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it, Bloodsport's the, the best in that bunch. Um, and it, like we said, I just think it's it this it, number, it's up there. Might be number one for me, um, as you mentioned there too. Just to you know, give the uh, what is this movie? Uh, look, Frank Dukes has uh, got to go to uh, Hong Kong and Kowloon Walled City to fight in the Kumite, a secret underground uh, fighting championship, uh, so he can honor his Shidoshi uh, uh, Tanaka. And uh, it is a movie that is based on a liar. <laughs> a dis at least uh, we'll say a disputed uh uh liar <laughs> um, yes so so yeah this is a movie that is uh based on the life of frank dukes mm-hmm. who uh let me pull up i'm gonna jump to the end because i do think the end just the final scrawl is important for what this movie yeah, is absolutely because um, this is what they throw at you at the end of the movie. And we'll get to what the actual end is. It's just like a fun uh, standard action end. Um, we we see Frank Dukes, who's the star of this. That's JCVD at the end. And then we're given a scrawl at the end to make us go, wait, what? Really? Uh, this is based upon the true events of the life of Frank Dukes. Bullshit. Um, he... Uh, had 300 and i got a little confused here there's uh 329 matches that he retired undefeated as the world heavyweight full contact kumite champion uh with 75 uh knockouts i believe uh well here's here's what it said on screen i because i i did a shorthand of it give it to me so fastest knockout three point these are his four world records yes yeah fastest uh yeah fastest punch with a knockout 12.12 seconds fastest kick with a knockout 72 72 miles per hour most consecutive knockouts in a single tournament 56 yes uh at least a couple articles that we found said that mathematically uh the amount of knockouts and uh the amount of matches that he says he did is mathematically impossible um of how it works it also ends with him saying he founded the first American ninjutsu system, Dukes, uh, Dukes Ryu. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Uh, he didn't really. <laughs> so basically, Frank Dukes was this guy who was like, as far as I can tell, he was like this martial arts guy. He he was a U.S. Marine Corps. He was in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve. He he says he was in the U.S. Marines. 
But he never got posted overseas. He never got posted overseas. He yeah. said he worked for the CIA and did special uh, things during Vietnam. He never was there during Vietnam. He was posted after Vietnam. But they also denied... No, he never was there. Uh, yeah, he got he got posted wherever he was. He yeah. never actually went to Vietnam. Um, yeah. He did get injured, but he got injured from like being thrown from like a van or something. <laughs> like... Uh, there's pictures of these like uh, uh, like purple hearts and blah, blah, blah that he got. And then people are like, wait a second. You kind of mismatched what the ribbons and the medals would be. Yeah. And all of this, too, I kept thinking about like your mother and like just thinking about how like frustrated you must get with this asshole. Just because like the amount of shit, you know, your mother is a veteran. And then yeah. this guy came in and like. We'll also say, like, look, maybe the wool has been pulled over our eyes, you conspiracy people. The CIA does some shady stuff. They deny. They deny. And they according deny to and Frank, lie, the CIA. They deny a. and lie the CIA. But Frank Dukes claims that when they deny, they're trying to cover up stuff that he said. Jeff, one day <laughs> it's going to be declassified. We're going to have hearings on it. And Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes, let me tell you, he's going to be exonerated. <laughs> I've got a pardon for him. I mean, that's the beauty is like, I guess in court of information, like the Freedom of Information Act, which mm -hmm. like released all these like forms, basically like government hidden things were basically like, show, you could look through that and be like, oh, he made all this stuff up. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so he was like this guy who got covered and honestly like does feel like a Seagal sort of thing. Like he basically just like he... As far as I can tell, and look, maybe one day we'll meet Frank Dukes and everything will be turned around, but he's, on. it seems like he's a sociopath who's good at manipulating and lying and, and changing stories to make them sound charming, much like kind of like Seagal was like this waiter who also like trained Aikido to producers and convinced them he was interesting. Um, right. So, and there was like all these articles on him in Black Belt magazine that then, you know, in 1980, that many years later, the reporter was just like, I was a little young. I probably should have like followed up on some of this stuff. It yeah, sounded probably shady. Have, yeah. He claimed, Check my source. Yeah. Frank Deuce claims he was the first ninja. Um, uh, he claims that uh, when he was 16, uh, uh, Tanaka, uh, 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 who was his sensei, took him in. Uh, was blown away by how good he was, brought him to Japan, and everyone in Japan was like, oh, like, you're the best ninja I've ever seen. He showed up in a San Francisco Giants hat and a New York Giants jersey. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's just a big fan of Giants. Yeah. Just likes Giants as a concept. Um, yeah. There's uh, claims that that sensei never really exists. Uh, and one person pointed out that it might have been a character in an Ian Fleming novel. Uh, oh like, uh, and, you know, but then Frank Duke says, Frank Dukes is very much like a QAnon conspiracy person where it's like you call his shit or some uh, right wing talking head. You call his shit and he doubles down in a different way. So then yeah. he's like, no, no, Ian Fleming would base it on real people. So that name would exist. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Octopussy. Um, and so... And and so the biggest thing that what this movie is about is he claims that there was a uh, secret underground fighting championship 
called the Kumite, held every mm-hmm. five years, and that he was like the master of it. He blew their minds. It was held in the Bahamas. Uh, five years undefeated and then he walked away they just walked away man undefeated he just walked away and uh there's also claims in there that like when they did this movie that he thought that uh jean-claude's uh fighting was shit and he like took i know he like three months did all this like fucked up training like basically (laughs) what you see in the training montage where he's just like pulling him apart (laughs) good god Uh, i would have been pissed if i was jcvd being like that's the hardest training i've ever been through and it was from a liar but they weirdly stuck around like he helped with the quests like they're like still in a lawsuit apparently about the movie the quest because frank dukes helped co-write it but they're claiming credits and so like i don't know he stuck around for a while but basically like so this whole movie does a canon move of, uh, you know, like Delta Force, where they're like, this is based off of a real thing. Uh, but, uh, and it doesn't take away from the greatness of it, but it actually kind of adds to it because it adds to me to the mystique. And it's super fun to read about Frank Dukes. But the guy's a bullshit artist. Like, the guy is like yeah. fucking basically. And there are people who will defend that I've read that are just like, he might have done some of this stuff vaguely like they're like i don't not believe there's some sort of fighting championship but probably didn't happen exactly how it. i mean it's that typical bullshit hollywood thing where anytime it says it's based on a true story it never really is it's based on based on like that means like it was inspired by which is also i think why it became story by even with this for him i mean well like it is the beauty of, I don't know if you want, not to get again on another tangent, but I did very much enjoy the Staircase HBO Max series. Oh, I still haven't seen it, yeah. it's. I think it's worth a watch because I, when I watched it first, we started and I was just like, oh, I watched the Staircase when it happened. Like the, It was like one of the first true crime docs, really. And it was amazing when it happened years ago, but I don't care that much about true crime stuff. Like, I'm just not, like, you know, I just don't get as sucked into it. But the, the, the miniseries itself, to me ends up being it's about more making the documentary and kind of ends up to me being like the biggest theme is just like there is no real truth like we watch documentaries we watch things that are based on reality and it's like no there's a narrative and there's a force narrative and like yeah and and, there's and, a bias, and yeah, yeah there's bias and and even reading people who are involved in the staircase reacting to it like the editor and the main guy like the the, the you know the the, the writer etc but they're just like, no, no, I don't have any bias. Like about even though I edited like the show and this, and you're just like, but you do. Like it's just you're not acknowledging humanity. And yeah, like it's it's a little bit like uh, that Big Short moment I talk about all the time, where I love I love the scene where they look at the camera in the Big Short and they're like, none of this happened. Yeah, but it did. Like it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, we're like, writing yeah, a story it's... for you to get to the truth of it. Um, yeah, but it is about like you know the reality and the narrative that we all think. Like you know, even watching the staircase, my wife was like, "Well, do you think like this new one?" She's like, "Do you think he did it now?" And I was like, I, "It doesn't matter." Like what I think. Like I, I, I'm gonna still say I don't know. Like I don't like. I'm only getting what, like a it's piece a CSI of CSI effect. Yeah, where like it affects um, jurors now too. Yeah. Apparently. We're like, they're like, yeah, but they seemed kind of like, and it's like, oh, the true crime aspect. I do love Only Murders in the Building, though. I think that's a fantastic. It's fun. 
yeah. uh, fun show, which yeah. deals with that whole world. And also just Martin Short is a he's the greatest delight. Just, but yeah. And he's on flying a wall today. I just noticed. I know. I was listening to a little bit of it last <laughs> night. Yeah. I just love, he was the nicest when I met him in college. And I'm sure. He inspired me to follow comedy. Yeah. Uh, he's the best. Whoa. Whoa. That's Martin Short letting Frank know you made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, he's like, get out. <laughs> that mean I'm going to be getting one of these wow. soon too. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. If we if, got a silver alert, if I leave that in, that was a silver alert. Just to let you know, yeah. we got a silver alert because all of LA was excited that we're covering Bloodsport. <laughs> yeah, you might have to uh, lower that. That yeah. is jarring. That was, I, I jumped. I literally jumped. Um, I did too. Uh, so yeah, so Frank Dukes is a liar. It <laughs> it is a summary, but in the most fun way possible. And truly, maybe we'll put some links up. Just start typing in Frank Dukes Bloodsport. There's a lot of articles, and it does. It's very fun. And there's a lot of books mm. of him disputing people disputing him. It's a real shit show. Like that's the part of true crime that I am obsessed with. Like the part of just like humanity, like humanity lying. Human. Like that's why I constantly. Yeah. I probably have recommended it before, but like it doesn't get talked enough about. But the adversary, which is an amazing book by Emmanuel Carrere, uh, uh, about a guy who basically lied his whole life uh, uh, to uh, you know to his family about that he actually had a job, uh, and then ends up murdering them all because he yeah. freaks out uh the 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 amount human beings will go to kind of save their own ass or in terms of hollywood like be somebody that someone wants to pay attention yeah. to but that's a lot of people in this yeah. industry i mean like i always i i do live not live by but i do believe in like the truth is always somewhere in the middle mm-hmm you know, and I don't mean like always go to the middle ground, but like anytime there's something that's last so episode of Barry, not to spoil alert, but like that concept of like just like, but it's the truth. It's like it doesn't yeah. matter. Like it's not. It's your version of the truth. Yeah, like exactly. it's fucking well, great. That's what I love about yeah the what I love about, again. We're gonna go on a tangent here, but what I love about this season of Barry is the 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 hubris of people believing like, oh, I'm. I'm the hero of my story and yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to make this work and the consequences it has about, you know, with people around you yeah. and how it affects them and how they can be, you yeah. know, take on that kind of, oh, it's so, this season was great. I know you're not done yet. I but just man, finished I, last night. That's why I'm thinking. Oh, you about did? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good God. Yeah. I just, what a fa- phenomenal season. Yeah. And he's such a good director. I'm yeah. like, so I mean, just that last shot too. Just yeah, whatever. beautiful, I mean, beautiful I'm, last shot. Yeah, yeah beautiful summary so good, of everything. So um, yeah. uh, listen to the good ones episode. They're talking about it today. I was listening to halfway of it uh, this morning. But, I was I was watching on YouTube on I think it was Vanity Fair or something where he's breaking down a lot of the yeah, scenes from the shit. season, and it's yeah, it's amazing. When they when anyway. he worked in a reference to thief. In a passing yeah. shot, I was like, okay, I mean, Jesus Christ, this is why I watch this shit. Um, <laughs> I'll, well, I'll say, though, to connect back to Bloodsport, that's the interesting part. And again, the fun part of canon and the fun part of action movies and all this world is like, this is a movie based off of a liar. And this is a movie that's like his reality. And then at the same time is also uh, interweaving in in amongst, as we said before, these caricatures of human beings, real fighting. Like, almost every one of these fighters are real fighters, like most of them. And they're showing the real world. And there's something interesting in this is a movie that's focused on Frank Dukes, who made up all this bullshit. But as I was watching it, I also was like, this is full of people who 
put so much of their time and life into becoming actual fighters. And before, and maybe I'm giving too much credit, but like before, like they weren't doing it with the purpose of, and I'm going to become famous and get into movies. Like it's like doing like the art for the art, like doing the martial art or martial science as Tanaka uses mm-hmm. to convince Jean-Claude's parents. Um, it's like what we used to do being like, no, it's educational. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Real lying about what our lives are. Um, but, uh, you know, just like that, uh, just like I, I, it's one of the reasons I think we've talked about why I often love technical, like death metal and like, you know, really extreme metal is because I'm like, you're doing all this work for, such a small audience like you're doing oh, all yeah. this work maybe even the canon canon do this work such a small audience but like because that's where the art lies and that's the funny part is this movie is like you're watching the art of martial arts combined yeah. with the lies of martial arts all at once in this crazy conglomerate you know i'm thinking about it's so funny that liars are so intriguing because like Frank Dukes came up with all this bullshit, so that way I, I don't know what for, but it helped him to write like you know for writers for this movie. But it's like, well, if you're gonna make all that shit up, just be a writer. If yeah, you're that good at right. it, if you're that good at it, just right. like. But I it don't is know. A, it's like, but it is amazing. Yeah. Just like it's a great example, and I think why we're both intrigued by it of just like the extent people will go, and we that's like the part we don't give credit for where you'll be like why did someone do that and it's like because that's humans i don't know like so many people will like dig their own graves because they think they're solving a problem (laughs) like but in 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 that i'm now thinking about barry and i was like yeah that's the like in in that good one episode i was listening to him talk because it does apply to blood sport where he was like this he was like talking about one specific scene in like one of the last episodes, but he was like, I don't think anyone else thought it was funny, but I think it's funny that it's just like, I think it's very funny that people will make the same mistakes. Like they yeah. think they're solving the problem and they think they're walking away and then they're going to just do the same thing. And usually it's because it's an unanalyzed life. You're not realizing the things that are like, oh, I did this to do this and this and this and the kind of pattern of it. Um, but that we are all blind to our lies and with frank dukes uh being on the outside like you wonder if he just george costanza's it like where it's like me and my wife will always say that to each other when he's like jerry's trying to figure out how to beat the lie detector and he's like i can't teach you it's like teaching um you know how to play violin but then he says like it's not a lie unless you believe it's a lie and I was like, right. what an amazing summary, if I'm getting that quote exactly right, of a sociopath. Like, but also most people, there's certainly things that I don't need to get that I've been like, I'm gonna lie to myself enough to believe this. Like, well, That's you know, all we do. Yeah. And for <laughs> benign shit too. And then like being like, yeah. no, no, I did that right. And you're like, no, I didn't. Like, I just told myself enough times. And you know, at a certain point, does Frank Dukes even know in real life? Like, does he even, or does he think, yeah, does he think he might've been in the, it might've been, I might've been a winner. I might've done this. mind is powerful. You can convince yeah. yourself that, I mean, that's how people deal with trauma. Yes. hundred percent. 
most of us are always lying to Trump about to ourselves about because of Trump. I mean, we will see what happens uh, post uh, this pandemic, uh, what the amount of lies we all do to each other. But that's the other part is out of all those lies, you can still find beauty, a.k.a. blood sport. Um, uh, And so, yeah, I mean, this movie, like, again, it's... uh, you know, do the usual stop me if I get stuck in just going scene by scene because I think it also became. I even told myself, like, God, like, you got to stop writing down everything you think is cool. Right. Because it truly was everything is cool in this. Well, I, before we get into like the meat of it, I just want to point out mm-hmm. one thing that, uh, kind of, you know, uh, is comes back a couple of times in the movie, but then just gets completely dropped is, uh, the, I guess, what do you call him? A janitor of the, the ring? I love the janitor so much. <laughs> I They they linger on him just sweeping. I was like, oh, is he going to do the Carol Burnett thing at the end? Yeah. When he sweeps up a little spotlight, you know? But man, I loved that character. And especially when he takes that gold tooth. Yeah. Puts it in his mouth. From Hussein. And just like, yes, it is so oh, funny. Man. I wish there were more. I, I'm glad we're on the same page because I, I did write that. Like I was like, I've always loved this guy. He's so funny to me. And I wish yeah. there was more janitor. Like I think like the janitor focus gets moved over to the uh, referee. And I'm yes, like, oh, it it's does. fine. But I don't know if we need more of the referee. Like, oh, my God, Jeff. Yeah, they should have. He should have picked up the janitor and they would have had a comical Jerry Lewis moment where he's using him to fight. If Chong Lee, Bolo oh, Young yeah. picked up the janitor, yeah, and start doing yeah. it like, you're next. Like, and throws it at yeah. him. Or the E-Honda style sumo wrestler picked him up like that giant weight bag he throws. When Chong Lee uh, gets knocked out, by JCVD after he says, Matei, uh, if that if that uh, janitor went over and pantsed him, took his shorts <laughs> off, and you can see Chong Lee's buns, and then everybody laughs and goes, ah, ha, 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 and it's like one of those moments, you know? We find out he's got a Gigi Allen style, like, micropede. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's been overcompensating with his gigantic yeah, exactly. man breasts. Uh, he, like, yeah, he, he covers up his crotch and then, like, kind of waddles out bolo young is so awesome and also is definitely one of those bodies where you're like i think even that mma thing is basically like he's got such an impressive body that's actually not that useful like kind of like it's cut it's you can see he's like so he's he's lither than you think he'll be like Uh and kind of movable but he's still pretty like his neck never moves like he can't no he's all stocky and he just moves his boobies we had this we had this dude that went to school with my best friend and that guy did a lot of arm work and he i remember Mm. i used to watch like he couldn't sit without a pillow under his arms like because it always was kind of too tight and up and i was like that is who wants that life like i have no interest in that um he kind of looks like gary shandling too he does look a little bit like gary (laughs) his face is like (laughs) do i look fat in this (laughs) um it's a whole thing So I want to, before we also kind of continue in the movie to continue on our digressions, but I, so I want to mention, and we'll come back to it, but a huge part of this, we said it before, the soundtrack truly is like one of the best soundtracks. It never lets up. It's uh, done by Paul Herzog, but then also the songs in it, Fight to Survive and On My Own Alone, uh, those are Stan Bush songs. Yes. There's Except. Except. Which no, one? no, go ahead. I was going to say the original going. version, I believe 
they re-recorded his vocals. Correct. I think on this version that I got from Waxworks that my wife got me for uh, Christmas, and I did on our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Canon Canon, I did an entire Garlock soundtrack corner video on this. Uh, I think they used the original ones with Stan Bush singing. Um, yeah. But it's a whole Bosom Buddies theme, Billy Joel sitch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Paul Delph. <laughs> yes, um, Paul Delph. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, so oh. I want to just read because I thought it also like is great for canon. Uh, I did this in the video, uh, but this was the little write-up that Paul Herzog wrote about the songs and about the soundtrack. <clears throat> in early 1987, I got lucky, really lucky. I was a relatively unknown and inexperienced film composer at that time. But a year or so earlier, I'd scored an obscure children's video for an aspiring producer named Mark DeSalle. To make a long story short, early in 87, Mark returned from Hong Kong after shooting his first feature film, a low production uh, called Bloodsport, ready for post. I gave him a call, asked if he'd consider me as a composer, figuring it was a long shot. He invited me to a screening of the latest edit, and at the end of the screening, he offered me the job. The fee was low, set by Canon. Take it or leave it, I took it. Love you, Canon. Did You're he the best. <laughs> offer the job because while he was watching the movie, he was humming like themes and stuff? That's what I imagine. <laughs> During yeah. the screening. He's like, oh, I just wanted him to watch it. I hear what he's doing. Uh, so I had the job. Now what? The time was short. The money was shorter. It's Canon. But I set to work with my rack of 80 cents and my VHS copy. I still remember okay. my excitement at starting the first scene, the opening shots of Hong Kong, the fighters preparing to leave for the Kumite, setting up the arena. In my DMX drum machine, I found a tempo that seemed to fit the scene, and once I vi- varied the tempo in a few places, added a few odd measure lengths, off I went. Programmed the ostinato sound that underpins most of the scene, composed that recurring flute melody, believe it or not, just spontaneously popped out of my head. Keep adjusting tempos, hit various key points, add all the other instruments, move on to the next cue basically he finds a pattern figures out how to adjust the tempo he kind of just moves stuff around he works 16 hours a day seven days a week for three weeks packed up his gear went to a studio and recorded it he spent 10 days in the studio a total of 133 hours of studio time his fee from canon was all in quote which basically if you don't know all in he had to pay for the studio, the tape, the engineer, the musicians, the singers, oh my, my co writer on the songs, my lawyer, and a couple of pieces of new equipment for composing. Anything so he made like five dollars, yeah, because anything left over was profit. He says it wasn't much, but it was something, something amazing for a relatively unknown composer. But what's the most amazing has happened next is this low-budget fight film has become a cult classic. More than 30 years after its release, it's still playing on cable, streaming services, TV stations, etc. So and he's getting one cent checks. Yeah, exactly. So I love that because one, this guy shit out this thing real quick, and every single piece is great. There's not one weak song in there, not one weak interstitial. They are all kind of variations on a theme, but they re- like when I did the soundtrack video. Like you can picture how the movie's going when you're watching it, which is a, it's just listening to the record. Yeah, and. Uh, those two songs, those Stan Bush songs, like On My Own is great. We'll talk about the ridiculousness of that soul-searching song, but Fight to yeah. Survive is maybe so my good. favorite montage song ever. Um, well, there's also Still the Night from Michael Bishop. Which sounds where, like, what do you think it's sounds? There's one chorus where I was like, this yeah. sounds like an exact band and I can't put my finger on it. I, I thought the same thing too and I could, but that's where they're chasing him through Hong Kong. 
And he's uh, having Whitaker fun, and man. And the judge from Ghostbusters too, right? Yes, <laughs> he is fucking. He is. He is. Muscularity, brothers. <laughs> He is, JCVD is like posing. He's doing like Charlie Chaplin moves on that. He's Bugs Bunny and all over the place. Man, I do love that song. And there's just like one, there's one verse that I kept re-listening to and I was trying to figure out what the fuck it sounded like. And and it was like, it's not Duran Duran. It's something more obscure. Well, I wrote, I wrote this down because I said, this is basically uh, my rally around. The, I was like, this is basically Maybe rally around the moon. that's what it is. Because it, it reminded me a little bit of that. I was like, oh, this is the one I can actually listen to. I got to go it back. it did have a little bit of that Duran Duran flair to it. Yeah. I, there's one verse, and maybe it is just rally around the moon, where I was like, it's almost note for note. It's like a fucking Christine Prince of Darkness stitching all over again. Um mm-hmm. Fight to Survive is like one of my favorite songs ever. And it's a big thing that so like my son sings the chorus all the time. Like he walks around going like Kumate, Kumate. Mm-hmm. It is just I I I I think it just like this might be one of my number one comfort watches. It's gotta be in like my top ten songs of all time that I've listened to. It's insane how often I listen to this fucking song. Uh I walk the walk, people. I don't just talk that fucking talk. Um uh, but yeah, as he said, that beginning is great. Like you're just like because also even the music, it's almost like they lure you in. You think it's gonna be just like a whatever movie. You're like, this is all stock footage of fucking just Hong Kong. Uh, and even the music is like stock because it just feels like whatever. But then when it kicks in, wow, it is fucking. It really kicks in, like because yeah. it is just training. And there are so many training montages in this fucking movie. <laughs> a lot. I think there's at least four or five, right? Yeah. And they're awesome. Every single one's yeah. awesome. It's also awesome that, so like Kumite is set up in Kowloon Walled City, which doesn't exist anymore. It's like one of the only movies that like filmed in there. Yeah, before uh, it got uh, torn down. Yeah, before it got torn down. And when you look at the photos, it's wild. Overhead photos of Kowloon Walled City is like the craziest looking thing ever. Yeah. Um, it's also crazy that they use the boring Bloodsport logo, though. I'll say, like, it's just a font. They they have the most yeah. awesome logo. I ripped it off for John and Jeff are married for one of our logos for our IFC web series. Um, uh, but I mean, Frank, the movie starts with a training montage. Yeah, it starts like, with fucking Chung Lee punching ice. Like and like fucking rich guy, the rich guy fighter kicking boards with oh, his right. knees. Yeah, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, and I was his moving ahead. Yeah. yeah, and his like butler looking on like good show, sir. Oh my. Oh my. Now, again, we, we, so we don't have to spend so much time on it, but like they do start pretty quickly with look. There, there's one fighter who fights. In a complicated, like in the the, the, the uh, breaking coconuts, um, yeah. it's the influence on Street Fighter that's not great either. Like Street Fighter <laughs> has a couple of questionable characters, right? You it's know just the stereotype, yeah. yeah. And it's also one that it's it doesn't make sense. Like it's just like this is so, like it's so cartoony that I don't even really want to talk about it too much. Yeah, like, honestly. We don't need to. But that being yeah. said, like, I do, every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, Dalsam was always kind of a problematic character in Street Fighter 2. There's just mm. no getting around it. But it was hard because I also liked playing with Dalsam because that, that yeah. stretching arms is a good move. Um, but him and then the, the like, uh, Saudi Arabian, like, Islamic fighter, 
are like the most yes. problematic because that's probably a guy in some sort of brown face maybe but like also with a weird dubbed accent hussein um yeah, like his voice it doesn't even make sense as a dubbed voice it's like yeah. <laughs> there's a couple dubbed voices in this here where you're just like what exactly was the thought behind well, the kid i don't know what it is with canon or jcvd movies where they're just like we have to dub the kids voices where we have an adult trying to sound like a child We've talked about the over I want to be trained. Yeah, I want to, no, I want to be trained. It's like so, like someone doing an accent that, like, of JCVD as a child, and it yes. comes across that way. Uh, uh, and well, it's like fair, they work kid- hard. And we've said this before. Why work so hard to yeah. explain his accent? Don't worry about it. I'm fine. But to, yeah, because the kid they probably cast would probably just be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Like, you probably had like, no, yeah. And then they had to dub it. What if it was JCVD doing his Oh own? my God. If we found that out, that <laughs> See, would be in a the, Yeah. And this, he's like, oh, please train me. Bad. God damn it. Um, but yeah. And, and, oh God, his voice. And it's just the actor they picked is like, is he a special kid? Like, there's like something a little slow about him. Like, he's, I mean, he the way feels he like he's being manipulated. Cap. Oh my God. When he slices his cap off, he's like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Ogre as Jackson. I know. It's such a, but like, they, the way they introduce his character, or like when he first talks, it's like he's being a creep. I know, I know. I thought JCVD was going to like knock him out or something and be like, respect the lady. But like, <laughs> no, it's just like, nope, this is him. But he's just a loud, brash American who's... I will say uh, he gives up pretty quick. I'll give him that. He, he goes yeah, at on... at least he wasn't persistent about it. He had a beer, you know? He was he, he was going to focus on that beer. He's more of an alcoholic than, a, than an assaulter, so... <laughs> Jeff, what if it was the same beer throughout the whole movie? You know, People he's been... like, you always have a beer, and it's like he's just been sipping on that just warm been beer. Just been that disgusting, funky, <laughs> skunky beer the whole time. <laughs> um, I love, too, in the montage that they cut back and forth between... You got like E Honda throwing bags at people. I'm gonna always call that guy E Honda. I find out some of their names for the first time and it blew my mind. But the guy who's basically E Honda, like uh, throwing just yeah. bags and laughing. But they'll cut to the Kumite preparation where they're just testing light bulbs. <laughs> like and you're like, what a weird back and forth. Right. <laughs> um, uh, uh, they're te- they're hooking up the PA system and they're like checking it out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you think, here's the other, because you said that the first time we meet Jackson is when he's trying to basically assault that woman on a Hong Kong bus, nursing the same beer. But the first time we really meet him is when he's training, he's just destroying that bag, and that dumpy, dumpy middle-aged dude comes up, and it's like, you're going to Kumite tomorrow? And he's like, I love anything with full contact. I need a couple of scars in my face. But like, right. who is, I I was like, is that Frank Dukes the whole time? Because this guy's got a punch. That would be... Great. I love I would love if that was his little hidden move there. Um but fucking at the minute you see JCVD, you're just like, oh, I forgot. I wrote I love the neckbeard janitor. (laughs) That was my note right away. Um but yeah, I love like here's the other thing I want to say too with Frank Dukes. I when you watch this movie picturing that the entire movie is a lie based on an egocentric guy. And then you think about, like, what is most of this movie? 
is that Frank Dukes is in the army. He escapes the army because uh, his Shidoshi is dying, and he wants to go mm-hmm. compete in the Kumite because his uh, uh, basically his like brother, quote unquote, but it's his friend who was the son of Tanaka, has died in the Kumite. Uh, and I don't know. That's, that's what a I was little unclear. <laughs> because he, the picture of him was like pretty young still. Right. So it's unclear if he died but in I the assume Kumite. It was Kumite. I thought yeah. it was Kumite related. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think he had long-term Kumite. Um, and so he died. And so <laughs> I, but so it's set up that it's basically like, we can't let this guy leave. And they emphasize over and over. One of the last lines of the movie is, so glad that you're on our side, kid. Because, like, they keep saying, we invested so much money in yes, this guy. Yes, like he was a secret weapon or something. <laughs> right. Like, he is the secret weapon in the U.S. military. Yes. And that they make it this whole thing where basically, like, uh, when he begins his training for Kumite to become a ninja, his Shidoshi is basically saying, my son is dead. I passed out the information of this martial art was passed down from generation to generation. It dies with him. This is it. 2000 years down the drain. And then that's what I was saying. It's like, you should add more kids. Yeah. Well, which is also (laughs) depressing when he's like, says like, I had other kids. This is a, this is a total canon move where they're like, let's put a hat on another hat. And just be like, yeah, uh, I already had another family, and that other family died in Hiroshima. (laughs) And you're like, oh, oof, okay. But so it's funny then that they're like, all right, 2,000 years, we're going to throw karate out the window. Ninjutsu is done. And then basically they're like, no, the great white dragon's going to come. And save all of martial arts is how they almost word it. Basically, yeah. Frank Dukes himself, this liar, is going to save everything. And to the point, again, where they get there and he's got to do the dim mock touch uh, to prove he's part of the Tanaka clan. He's the only person that can do this move. The classic <laughs> deaf touch uh, uh, where he breaks a brick and they go, no that one and it's the bottom yeah. brick another great slow-mo of him screaming <laughs> so why why did he have to do that just to prove he could do it because only someone who was trained under tanaka would know how to do that got it in theory but it's also co-opting like the dim mock is like a mythology sort of move in other like it's like there's like it's another grift like sort of thing as far as i can tell like it was kind of embraced as like some like maybe like bruce lee connected but also there are like i think there were like seminars where you could pay money to try to learn the dim mock when people would be like it's not real like it doesn't really yeah. happen um uh and so yeah it's just like it's amazing that constantly we're reintroduced to there's only one person it's frank dukes He's going to save the U.S. and all of martial arts. <laughs> but it's all bullshit. It's all, but I love every fucking second of it. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I love 
I also love that he turns on all of the showers to hide his escape. <laughs> that that scene is like the start of a lot of pornos where he's just like, what's taking so long, Captain? And he goes to check and he goes, I just need a hand. And he goes, with gusto. <laughs> but yeah. I also love that they introduce again we're saying i was saying this is a perfect script and also it makes no sense whatsoever they introduce these characters at the beginning where there's this kid who's got to watch out for dukes bring him to this other captain who's his captain and then the captain's like i don't want to see your face again till dukes is beside it yeah and we never see that kid ever again all of the weight gets pushed onto helmer and rollins who are Forrest Whitaker and the guy Which that is, you think is from Ghostbusters 2, but I don't think not, he is. Though. I know. It's not. But I do like I, the Scarelli brother. I thought it was, um, at first I thought it was, oh God, what was, uh, I thought he was. Um, that The guy from uh, 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 Animal House and maybe Justified, that actor with the mustache? No. That's no. who I was picturing. <laughs> I, I can't. I wrote it down somewhere, but I I can't remember what I thought he was from because I was like, oh, that's the guy from. I don't know. I'll probably see. Yeah, later. I'm sure. Uh, and then I also so like finally so Dukes is escaping, but I love that. Oh, yeah, I remember who it was. was it? I thought it was the the old the bad guy, the old guy from Mitchell, the Joe Don Baker movie from the seventies. <laughs> anyway. It might have could have been could have been. I love to I, I again I'm saying that I love the directing and and editing and et cetera here but this is also a movie where they will have long scenes where it's like clearly two actors that English is not their first language right and they're having a lot of pauses in between basically waiting for the signal that they yeah. should say their next line <laughs> there yeah but even with like uh the guy i thought was from ghostbusters 2 there's one part where they're like walking down the hallway where they're talking to the the guy the cop yeah from the police Hong Kong, and he like takes his big beat like he like swallows a line and then he just restarts and they're like whatever it still works there are definitely a bunch where you're like did they should they have gotten another take but they didn't yes. realize because they're like, fuck it, we got all this action. We got to get to the action. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Let's get it on. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I think, like, speaking of editing and directal, uh, directorial um, uh, choices, when they introduce um, the reporter, mm-hmm. they start from the bottom of the leg Ooh, and go baby. all the way. <laughs> she got legs. She knows how to use them to get they, a reporter gig. Yeah, she definitely, uh, uh, her legs go all the way up. And we can tell by the way that camera follows her. Um, man, I love, I as I said, I love that when, because like we see the flashbacks where there's so much Vaseline on the camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're so you can just see it dripping off the, the lens. <laughs> you could smell it, like coming from. Well, the, the part show. where they they go to where the the parents are talking to, uh, what's his name? Um, Frank Dukes. Oh, to Tanaka. No, Tanaka. When they're talking to Tanaka, the parents. It, it's so dark. It is. You don't so even dark. see the parents' faces. Do you think <laughs> they like did they that intentionally like, or meant to do that? Like I don't know. It's like they're being interviewed on Inside Edition or something. Yeah. You know, hundred <laughs> percent. Voice wasn't changed. I know. I it because yeah, that's like this whole complicated like 
I love the speed. Like I love the concept of him changing it to science. It's martial science because he decides yes. he's going to train him, and basically use him as the training bag for his son Shingo. Um, uh, but because he cuts the brim off his hat, he says, "You didn't flinch. You have fighting spirit. You're going to be the first American ninja." Basically, yeah. um, uh, but he's like, "You grow wine. I grow fish." We both grow children. <laughs> you can't argue with that logic. Yeah, I know. It's indisputable. It is true. We are growing some children here. I got you. I love, there's always, I feel like in a canon movie, at least one outfit I want. If I had to choose out of everything in this movie, there's a little kid wearing a Bartles and James wide cooler shirt. <laughs> <laughs> when Shingo's getting beat up and JCV, young JCVD comes in to save him. It's a humongous white Bartles and James shirt that like an eight-year-old's wearing in the background. He's wearing to school. Yes, wearing it to school. Doesn't know what he's wearing, and I love it because you know that's also some like alcoholic house mom who got that at the supermarket. Oh, yeah. It was just she, like, she, where she, this? She... She like uh, uh, cashed in those points. Yes, she <laughs> cashed in the the UPC codes from her Bartles and Chase yep. for this shirt. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like he saves and was like, someday I'll find the Kumite and make my father proud. There are a lot of this. Is another reason this is a movie is like a classic for me. There's like a hundred lines that I have quoted in this forever with my friends. Like mm. I'm and I'm constantly doing an impression to my wife of when he does his like kind of uh, uh his hand movements when he's like getting his inner peace like oh, i yeah. do that all I the time it. yes nonstop. but i always am saying to honor you shidoshi like his his over accented over pronunciation of shidoshi oh, yeah. every time is great uh i also love that when we get slightly older but still younger uh, JCVD, we know because he somehow has an older haircut than his yes. little boy haircut that he has as older and it's, Frank Dukes. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's got moose and it's definitely like up and it's like in a Vidal Sassoon do. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, maybe it's because he's in the army. He's got to have that fucking severe part uh, that I do love as a as an older uh, Frank Dukes. But oh, yeah. Um, but it is just amazing. Like, I, I think again, they know what they're they is the best parts about JCVD. Worked up JCVD is like one of the best JCVDs. Just like, yeah, so fun listening to him. Just like, you taught me. I need do this. Like he's always like getting a little bit ahead of himself. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, his yelling and his arguing. Oh. JCVD arguing is when he. Why has, do you? Yeah, he, he I know like, what argument you're gonna say. What were you gonna yeah, say? Yeah, he's like, why did you do become a reporter? You know, because <laughs> yes. like, my dad. And he's like, right. So <laughs> he's like so, trying to make the point, and it's, it's like she's kind of like, no, dude, what the fuck are you? He getting feeds at? her the answer. She's just like, yes. because you want to honor him and be the best that you could be and for him your father and she's yeah. like i guess not she's really. like no man i'm gonna ruin this shit yeah. but it definitely is like a child arguing where they like it really <laughs> they're just like they know they're not even making the point even as a five-year-old but you're like all right yeah. keep going what do you think you're saying here um <laughs> but i mean we're like only like 
like we've already earned another training montage. Like immediately though, I was like, I yeah. gotta show my fucking kid this. That training montage is so awesome. And I was just smiling. I wrote down I was just smiling yeah, the whole thing. It's great. Um I love it. He really I an, again another JCVD move that we've talked about, but why he's so great and this knows this, like the director gets it. He really knows how to sell getting hit. He knows how oh, yeah. to sell giving a hit, but he knows how to sell. He is Bruce Dickinson in Iron Maiden selling it to the back of the crowd. Like and yeah. and like you said, someone else may be doing these facial moves. We would be like, I don't know, Jace, I don't know, actor. Mm. But like when he gets hit and he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I what I we talked about this before, but like what I like about JCBD is he is not afraid to show himself losing. No. Yeah. Not at all. It's great. Because he knows the score about being like, you're not always great, but then you train and then you get to be the best, and then all of a sudden you you work hard and you have to go through the like you have to lose in order to win. We aren't saying JCVD doesn't have an ego. Right? Like, oh, he's got yeah. a fucking crazy, you know, he's gone through a billion wives, got a crazy cocaine habit he had to deal with. He's had ups and downs. But I do think it helps. He's more comparable, I guess, in my mind with Seagal because he, like, Seagal was big but didn't get humongous. He wasn't like Stallone Schwarzenegger ego. Like, yeah. it's still canon. It's low ego. Like, and there's this low, but like, it's what you said. Like, I do think he, he gets and will allow that he needs to be beat up. Like, he mm -hmm. needs to be beat up to stand up taller. Like, that, like, it's, like, a little bit more realistic in this unbelievably unrealistic movie. <laughs> um, you know, where he's catching fish blind, and you're just like, oh, this is gonna pay off somehow. Um, oh, yeah, when he's delivering that tea. Oh, he delivers that blind tea, and then that one chop! Which I will say, so I'll say this. I wrote down, I need to show this to my five-year-old son. Because he's, you know, trying to learn all this stuff in karate, and I'm sure he'll get bored with it and give up on it. But he thought the blind tea service was the coolest thing. <laughs> he literally, really? for some reason, out of all of it, when he throws the one karate hit and he stops yeah. it, he jumped and he went, he stopped it. He did the whole thing. Oh, my God. Like he was Jeff, because he's unspoiled with this shit. We've yeah. seen this move. I we know. know it. Right. Like, but like your son is experiencing that move for the first time. And he's like, whoa. Right. It's a dream. It's a dream watching him be uh, the excitement he should have. And we should have, even though oh, we yeah. probably have too much excitement about this stuff. <laughs> I will say in the training montage, because you know, that's the thing is like his, my son's innocence doesn't have his dumb picky brain getting worked out where I'm like, the only problem I have with this training montage, it's because they maybe are embracing the thing that we're saying is great, that they understand JCVD's pluses so much when he throws those two poles down and he does a split to catch them, another moment that my son, unfettered by the burden of life, thought it was the coolest thing ever. After that is when they do the training of tying his legs up to the bamboo <laughs> trees and pulling his legs so he can do splits yeah. like that. So I know that's supposed to be the end of the montage, like we finished it. But it's a little frustrating mentally where I'm like, but he doesn't know how to do the splits yet. That's maybe a little bit of the JCVD hubris coming through. Yeah, but Jeff, I know I'm being a pain. <laughs> if you're making that call as a director, you're like, which one should be last? 
Right. And you're probably like him breaking that too. Like that was like where he realized, you know, where Tanaka was like, oh my God. Yeah. Never looks like he's coming out of that breaking unscathed, though. Like, he looks so uncomfortable having one arm still up. Like, it looks like he's waiting for the director to say cut so he can go like, ow, 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 (laughs) my arms. Uh, I need some ice. (laughs) Yes. I need ice for Shidoshi. (laughs) Um, But uh, uh, the music always matches, too with everything like it just slaps like it is just the best and i love that when his shidoshi recognizes he can break trees with his split fucking legs they decide to give him that final sword ceremony and they wear the shiny talbots like gi basically yeah (laughs) like it has this like fucking gold leaf dragons on it <laughs> it does look like something like you would wear to like a vacation like yeah. <laughs> like at a resort like your your like great aunt would wear or something like okay <laughs> um uh but also it's very funny that all of this is going in his head while he's just been staring at his sword for like an hour <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> just just fucking just waiting to talk to his shidoshi who's very sassy Who's just right. sassy about dying? <laughs> it's so funny, yeah, because the wife is. That would be funny. She comes. She's like, "You've been here for four hours. <laughs> He's been waiting for you. Why don't you just come in?" Yeah, Jeez. he passed away while he was waiting for you. Um, you goofed. You goofed. I also do love that the that his shidoshi kind of is like half invested in him doing the kumite like yeah. he's a little bit like i mean yeah if you wanna like don't worry about it though i'm cool <laughs> yeah you you don't need to honor me no it's yeah. fine don't go out of your way for just little old me Van, uh do you think the reporter character is writing for black belt magazine is that what she said? No, she never says. So the whole time I'm oh. like, who do you think you're writing for? But in my mind, I'm picturing this is the reporter who wrote about Frank Dukes and created oh, yeah. the mythos. And like, there's a byline her editor had to cut where she like went off on a tangent about what a great dick he's got <laughs> Like when they have sex <laughs> later. Right. And you're like, I think you maybe pumped up this guy a little bit too much. Maybe we could pull right. back. It's like, and that then was part his- of the casting Frank Dukes' penis was as long as my arm. <laughs> and you're like, all right, Jesus. That was part of the casting process for Frank Dukes, where he had to look at JCVD in a ban- banana hammock, and he's like, all right, that'll do, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the other part, is like, I know like it's that you want an action star in this, and JCVD's body is made for this, but like Frank Dukes, I've seen pictures, like looking at JCVD, and he's looking at me going, yep. I think that looks exactly like me. <laughs> you just picture him being like, we're basically carbon copies. It's like when yeah. I talked about when Argento thought that he looked a lot like the stunning actor who's the lead in Four Flies on Grey Velvet. And I'm like, right. Argento, talk about lying to yourself because of trauma. Argento, what are you talking <laughs> about? Um, but yeah, I, I also have to say, uh, well, one... Jackson's meat claws are humongous yes. playing that kung fu game. I know. He barely, like, he takes up the whole cabinet, basically. Yes. And JCVD has to make himself small just to yes. kind of play. And I want to say, too, I don't feel like looking up the facts, but the name of that game is like a Japanese-only game, and it's very long, and I loved the game. Yeah. It's not just kung fu. Uh, someone shout us out what the name of it is. But I also, lo- I, I don't know, like, what is it? 
that there's a charm in his bad delivery, JCVDs. Like when they're like, aren't you a little young for the Kumite? Aren't you a little old for video games? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're like, yeah, you son of a bitch. That's great. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's good enough. You scamp. Let's move on. Um, I love that they become best friends immediately. But I also love uh, Lynn. Lynn, who's the, their like handler. Is up yeah. there with the fucking degenerator. <laughs> he's like, oh, Frank Dukes. Like, put up your Dukes, right? <laughs> yeah. Because he said Frank Ducks. That's another thing I think Dukes is probably lying about is how do you pronounce his last name? I think so. I think he's got all of his ducks in a row and he wants it to be pronounced Dukes. You know what I'm saying? It's not Ducks. <laughs> I also do love that they give the weird information. And I know at this point you can kind of make up shit like this, like, like all this movie. But it's the whole point is this is the Kumite. It's a secret festival. Nobody knows about it. The triad the is hallways look it. like UCB's hallways. The hallways look like the yeah. Chelsea space. Yeah, FYI, people, if you're a comedy fan and you're listening to this and you ever wanted to know what it was like at a UCB Chelsea uh, in the back halls when you're prepping for a show, it looks like Kowloon Walled City. Um, yep. It's wild. Uh, it was a wild place. Uh, go to the Improv Asylum in NYC and check out a show. Um, but... Uh, it's the Kumite is also co-sponsored by the IFAA. Like, so like it's co-sponsored by the International Fighting Association of something. So like, it's you know, a little underground. It's right. It's real underground. Like, honestly, it's another UCB thing. Like, it's like, oh yeah, no, we're pretty punk rock, but we're also, especially now sponsored by DraftKings, but either way. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, there's something funny to me that they put in that information. You're like, oh, so this isn't underground. So they explain that the three ways that you can get out, it's a single elimination challenge. This isn't like over the top. It's not a double elimination. It's a single elimination challenge. You either get thrown out of the ring on the crazy angled mat that feels like when I would play in a half pipe at a skate shop with my hardcore bands in high school. Um, if you make them say mate, which is basically like give up, or if you get killed, if you kill mm-hmm. someone. So they make a big stink about that's the one that deals with Chong Lee. He's like fucking, he killed someone. And then in yeah. this one, he kills someone. And they immediately, like everyone fucking, you know, uh, prays and is basically like honoring the dead. It's a super complicated where you're like, you think they killed him like three times. You're like, wait, didn't you break his nose into his brain? Oh, wait, now you snapped yeah. his neck. Now you did this move. <laughs> that that should be disqualifying in itself. But oh, you forgot the other rule. What? You can't fight outside of Kumite. Oh, that's a big one. Yes, you can't start which, a fight outside of Kumite. Yep. Which, wouldn't that count against him when he goes to the final fight and he beats up those cops? Yeah, because that's fighting. Wouldn't that disqualify him? That's the thing. I do think it would. And wouldn't that dust that he throws into that little the uh, salt <laughs> thing, the salt tablet or whatever the fuck it is, the uh, uh, Alka-Seltzer yep. that he throws in his face, wouldn't that disqualify plop, him? Plop, plop, fizz, no? fizz. That doesn't disqualify his. No, it doesn't, Frank. <laughs> uh, not at all. Even though, you know, but it, that the salt tablet doesn't disqualify Chong Li because... Uh, he hid that so well. They never mm-hmm. telegraph it. 
when his trainer is like basically angling it towards the camera to put it in. Yeah. And then he takes it out and like very slowly in front of the judges breaks it and yeah. slowly throws it into JCVD's face. So nobody saw that that fly nobody into saw it. his eyes. They or just why thought it was like just a missing a punch, blind. man. Just a missing punch. But I'll say too, he kills Chong Lee kills someone the day the cops are there. Mm-hmm. And the day that the U.S. government is there, like, just because it's f- it's no fine an in that international incident, right? Just, it's no. an international incident. That's all I'm saying. I know there's suspension of disbelief. I know I'm being a pain in the ass about the best movie ever, but there is just no getting around that. You're just like, well, let's not go crazy here, people. Um, uh, but yeah, I love also though JCVD's super low cut shirt. Uh, <laughs> it looks like his dancing shirt and kickboxer, but he really loves pleats too. He is just obsessed. Oh yeah, with pleats. He needs that crease. I know he does need that. He's got to stretch. He's got to get that fucking extra leg room in there. Um, <laughs> we used to always say that guy who was that low level, like Andre the Giant head guy, when he goes, yes. "Okay, USA." We used to say yeah. that to each other all the time. <laughs> um, uh. Here's a question. What is the Kumite Arena in Kowloon Walled City when it's not a Kumite Arena? Is that just like the cafeteria? (laughs) I think it's uh, one of the locations for an arm wrestling competition. Thank you. Over the top. (laughs) Let's Mm -hmm. bring it here. Um, I mean, I will say, again, with that sponsor being in there, the IFAA, man, I remember when Kumite was fucking punk rock, man. It wasn't about just betting. It wasn't corporate. No, it wasn't about the money, man. Oh, there, man. You couldn't bet. It would, you know, it sullied the game. Exactly. Uh, uh, but it's men fighting men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved Lynn saying, What's the difference if Bruce Springsteen says Shidoshi? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get Springsteen in there. Oh, man. So fucking good. Wait. Yeah. So, um, when he's on the bus, well, a couple of things I want to talk mm-hmm. about. One of my, talk about the score. One of my favorite tropes of the 80s and maybe even early 90s, is during a romantic scene, the keyboard sound. Yeah. What would you call that setting? I, I don't know what that setting is called, but it's a very specific 80s, like during like romantic or like wistful scenes yeah. in movies. They always use this setting on a keyboard, and I love it. Because when he's like, uh, at, you know, po- post-coital, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, and he's talking to her and they got that music going. I feel like I need to revisit because it's not exactly the Casio sax, <laughs> yeah, like sort of thing. But it definitely is like you—you you immediately know this is going to be like bells a little bit. Yeah, it's it like, does have a little like maybe there's like even like sometimes like there's chime? that yeah that setting with like a chime background behind a yeah. keystroke. Uh, it definitely gives you like a Pavlovian response of I'm going to be uncomfortable sitting with my parents watching this upcoming <laughs> or current scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. And it's nice. Thank you, Paul Herzog, maybe for giving us a cue of like that's when yeah. you go get a soda, like and wait yep. a couple minutes to open that soda. Uh, yep, you go to uh, yank it and then you come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without your parents seeing, you go yank, yank your crank just very quickly, uh, pull one off. Of course, you're like you know, fourteen, twelve, so you can do it in about two seconds, and you'll do it twenty <laughs> times later that day. Uh, but yeah, it definitely is its own uh, sex sound. Um, yeah, I also, I mean, I also love when it doesn't necessarily happen in this, but I like the Terminator sex scene 
is like basically just take the main theme and slow it down a little bit. Like, and just, uh, it's fucking great. It matches with every time Kyle Reese pumps. Uh, it's okay. fantastic. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, okay. Yes. My other point, please. Do you think it's it's dirty fighting? Like they say, like any blow, but like there's a lot of nut punching. Yeah, nut kicking and nut punching. I don't think that's fair. It doesn't feel fair to me. Uh, I mean, I guess it is anything goes, but I think even UFC, that first one that we that we talked about, even that was like no nut punches. Like you got to leave the nuts yeah. out of it. I mean, JCVD's definitely going at at Eddie Honda's the famous split into the punch. I mean, yep. E Honda gets fucking wrecked because he also basically gets the dim mock to his chest. That's what I thought it was. I was like, I thought because he was going to stand there and just be like, oh, no, and just like shit his guts out or well, something. Well, because it's also like a rumor a in some circles. his bones break. Yeah, it's like a rumor in some circles that that's what killed Bruce Lee. Like to some oh like people God. be like down the line or so or he did that to someone. It gets involved of basically like you'll die. Fi- it's like the joke of a uh, Kill Bill, like that. It's like you'll die like five steps from now, sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I think there's he does that one move. Maybe who is it? Maybe it's Topaco when he kicks and he punches him and he only gets him in like the taint but not really in the nuts. Yeah. Like, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're really going for a lot of nut moves here, but it's just so awesome. Um, It is weird that the triad probably paid off those cops, but also the cops help later. There's no real reason why the cops shift back over to being helpful. That made no sense to me whatsoever, where it's like, yeah, they're in on it. They let it happen. Yep. But then all of a sudden he's in. I thought they were going to reveal that it's like, oh, because they had money writing on it and they wanted to eliminate the competition. Yeah. I thought it was going to be something like shady like that, but we never get any of that stuff. Maybe it was on the editing room floor. Who knows? But it does seem odd. Um, Yeah. Odd, much like Jackson looking at fucking JCVD doing another split when he's splitting in his room and he looks at him like a puppy. He's like, oh, that just hurts me just looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Come on, let's play. Let's go. <laughs> it, his, his eyes too, kind of. Oh, he, he got a little bit of the cross. Oh, eye. he definitely does, man. Uh, yeah, I love uh, anytime he does. It's multiple times he's just meditating and splitting. Um, Speaking yeah. of great JCVD uh, reactions, mm-hmm. my favorite is when he's on the bus. It's after all the you know shit goes down. And he's on the bus, and he does a double take, to, to or not Chong even a double Lee's take, sitting. a single take, because yeah. he thinks he sees Chong Lee in the bus, the ghost of Chong Lee, like looking yeah. at him with that crazy bolo, young, like <laughs> wide eyed, like yeah. look that looks wild. Like he is awesome at that. Like it's like I think some of the coolest moves he does. Well, one especially, uh, uh, you know, post dealing with COVID life. Him blowing his nose as his way to get ready before he fights is so gross and awesome. That is, I know. I was like, what is that? Yeah. But I kind of love that it's like he shows no respect for the martial arts, like in a lot of ways. Like everyone else is doing like their complicated get into their exact pose that sums up what their fighting style is. And he's just like, nah, I'll blow nah. my snot rocket. And then he has no respect, no respect. And then he's like, why some, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, then he's constantly hitting and looking away with a wild eye. (laughs) It feels like the dudes who join, uh, like the police force or the army just because they want to 
kick ass. People up yes. Or, yeah, yeah. Kill people. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like he's just there to kill. He's waiting to kill and break a bone out of a fucking leg. Um, uh, but yeah, and I love like his wild eye, like he does that one like rhino charge at JCVT that just looks insane. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's also, just, and, and I guess in theory, the whole idea with the Kumite is you win the sword, but you're basically just doing it all for honor. Um, yes. Uh, that's why they call this thing Bloodsport Kid, because <laughs> of blood, <laughs> by the way. That's what I'm saying. It's blood. Because it's a sport and there's blood. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, did you get it? <laughs> uh I love Jackson's first opponent was basically in dance tights. Um, yes. Some of them have gray looking outfits and some of them just went for the fucking Mikhail Baryshnikov look. Um, one of them looks like Dan Black. One of them does look like Dan Black. That might be the jujitsu or the, 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 yeah, the uh, Paco guy. Like it looks yeah. a little bit like him to me. Um, uh, yeah. Immediately gets a world record because he's Frank Dukes. And he's a fucking superhero. Uh, yeah love that he fucking mateed Hussein. I forgot that, mm-hmm. that like, it's so cartoonish when he does the fucking coin trick with him in the bar. It's like the American scum who plays tricks with bricks. <laughs> yeah. But it used to make me and my aunt laugh so hard when he basically does like a bug out eye cartoon look. Oh. It was like, bull. Yeah. <laughs> I know that scene is so disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> so problematic in so many ways. But just being like, yeah, then they cut to afterwards where they're just automatically like in love and walking and laughing. It's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. he immediately winks his way into a bone sesh with her, basically, uh, into, oh, and yeah. also into just like the most awkward date. Like they're just sitting there silently until he's like also like nagging her. He's basically doing mystery stuff. It's like you have to see it to believe it, like about the Kumite. She's like, I wish I could. Could you get me in? No. I can't. Yeah. Sorry. I not get for it. for you. And then does she imply that she slept with that guy? Because she says it's not the first time she's gone undercover. I think so. Is she... Is she... So it, when she goes undercover, because that's a big thing. Like, basically, like, he's like, ah, I can't get you in. It's the Kumite. It's secret. And then she goes undercover as... Is she, is she dressed as a date or, like, a sex worker? I don't. I don't know. It's I unclear it was because of that line. It's that line of like when she's like, "This isn't the first time," and I'm yeah. like, "Wait, did you bone? Like, are you what exactly?" I didn't are you know implying? what she implied yeah. by that, but yeah, I was like, "Okay." It doesn't feel great uh, just to get like this this story <laughs> on the Kumite um, after before where yes, JCVD's charming, but it seems like he basically like tricked her into becoming like you know uh, bone-in material later. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I love that fucking Chase song that you said, and still the night. Yeah. It's fucking so good. good. Um, I love, like, it's a harsh tone shift, that song. Like, because it gets cartoony. It's pretty serious. It gets very wacky. It's it's the comedic, uh, oh, my God, you're holding up. Jeff, for you, can't, you can't see this at home, but Jeff is looking <laughs> through the soundtrack while uh, we're talking, and then I, there's just JCVD mid-jump splits <laughs> that I'm seeing right now. Oh, it's on, beautiful. On Zoom. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was looking to see. It's sad that I'm realizing Steal the Night's not on this soundtrack. Oh, it's, it's not? not on the Wax Track soundtrack. Yeah. Huh. It's a bummer because that is a great song. Um, yeah. Uh, there must have still been some weird rights there. Um, you have to see it to believe it. Uh, 
yeah, I <laughs> I love that she maybe is posed uh, as a sex worker. Um, the bone break is disgusting. Yes. Uh, I love we love that janitor, but he does a terrible job of cleaning blood up. Like yeah, he's kind of like kind of softly with one little sponge. Yeah, it's like when I'm just like and it tired. Stains, it's white. Yeah. Like, why would you make it white? Make it red. Help yourself. No, out. I know why you would make it white because that way you could see the blood. That is true. I mean, just get some oxyclean. You know, that's what I'm saying. Oh, you yeah. got to get Oxy, on there. Some simple green in there. Yeah. Yeah, so man, that'll take that good. shit out, man. Get some shout it out. Yeah, man. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, so E Honda's name, by the way, is is Pumalo. Uh, because I this is the oh. first time I've looked at their names when they're fighting. So Pumalo. the quote unquote monkey fight guy, uh, who gets in that fight and gets his back broken by Pumalo. Yes. His cool. name is Ricardo Mora. Okay. Which is also because then you're like un. It's just unclear where they think he's from. Like to me, like it's just like it's a, again the broad eighties. Like it doesn't matter. Just that's like, what it yeah, feels you know, like. You kind of get this, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> you make the you you do the racism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you fit. You get you be the wrong one here and fill in your racism. <laughs> Welcome to Canada, baby. But yeah, Paco is number one in the MMA. He was he's credit for introducing Muay Thai. Um, uh, I loved watching that rich guy just get real fucked up by Bolo. Like fuck it, oh, take yeah. down the one percent, man. Um. Uh, eat the rich. Eat the fucking rich. It is crazy that it takes so long for JCVD to take his top off, like, and to show oh, yeah. us the goods. <laughs> um, it takes until the E Honda uh, Pablo fight, whatever his name is. Uh, which again, he destroys him fucking Dimock to the belly. Destroys him with a nut punch. That guy's never having kids again. Uh, tries to give advice to Jackson, his best friend, and Jackson's just his hubris is what takes he- him out. It is, and that's the folly of most men, Jeff. Yeah. Hubris. And don't we think that's also kind of what takes down Chong Lee, too, is, like, his hubris? Yes. Like, he does the same shit Jackson did, going to the crowd. Because he's like, I got this in the bag. Fucking glory hounds, man. That's the thing we got to take away from Bloodsport. It's not about being a glory hound. Just be a simple fighter like Frank Dukes. Yeah. And then lie about your entire life after you've done it. Um, He's a simple kind of man, Leonard Skinner. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, Frank Duke's favorite song, Simple Man. Um, I do have to say, look, hospitals are different everywhere. They might want to look into that bleeding wound that is on Jackson's head because to <laughs> change the bandages. My God, I don't think you did this right. It's going through. They changed the bandage to a smaller one for the final scene from that mm-hmm. gigantic, comically large bandage that is mostly protecting his hair. Uh, yeah. And it seeped through, so it's like you might have to change that and address the wound a little bit more. And then when they give him a smaller one and he's drinking a beer in the hospital, maybe the same beer he's always been drinking, like you said, so maybe yep. it's just water at this point, uh, it's still seeping through. You got to change that fucking bandage, baby. Um, Get some Neosporin on that thing. Something A simple, simple Neosporin. Over-the-counter OTC. Baby, you don't need to be in a fucking hospital for that one. Um, but yeah, the reporter conundrum we talked about, that's what I called it. That fucking word problem salad that he presents to him. And you yeah. want to be the best reporter you can be for your best and for yourself and for your father. And she's like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I love that Soul Searching song. Man, On My Own is just a fucking gold. And I love that what it happens is he just ends up looking over all of Hong Kong while he does splits. Like, yep. doing fucking Tai Chi. Like, what if you, like, fight? You're like, oh, shit. You're like, you... I mean, he could have died. <laughs> I get... My butt clenches. Jeff, he could have died. He could have died. People, he could have died. So, just look out for him. Just uh, but, and I was always... So, explain those stun guns to me because I'm always like slightly obsessed with stun guns like that. Yeah. And and someone who knows weapons better. You think with all the movies we watch we would get it. There, no, I know about stun guns. Yeah, you know Thank lots you. about them. Yeah. There are so there are are there stun guns that will shoot out a thing without a wire? Because there's the kind that will shoot and it'll supposed to latch on to someone and it'll shoot you with a yeah, wire. And then it goes through the wires. I thought those did have wires, no? I don't think there were wires. It felt like it just shot out oh. loose. Yeah, they're like things. early Bluetooth. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the part <laughs> that got guns. me. Because most yeah, they time, had to pair it. Yeah, it's really a pain in the ass to pair. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker's wasn't pairing, and he was driving yeah. a fucking nuts. He was like, "This technology, we haven't figured it out yet, have we?" <laughs> um, no, I think it was missing the cable. It just seemed to shoot out electrified grabbers or something i don't know that you could yeah ricochet off with a fucking uh a, a, like if it's a metal garbage can wouldn't it still come through the garbage can a little bit yeah it would like yeah probably uh be a conductor right yeah it would be metal. a little bit like when you get a shock from a microphone and you're like it's yeah. an ungrounded like, microphone <laughs> yeah just enough to give it real fucking shit in your pants I have heard, I, I know I thought this, like I dreamt this up when I watched it, but I half thought I heard like the old Western when that happens. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past it because again, perfect script that also puts in some ridiculous tone shifts here or there. Oh, yeah. Speaking of crazy sounds, during the fights, there was always like somebody squeaking a little air horn like once in a while. Yes. <laughs> like throughout the whole kumite fight let me tell you my newly realized dream watching Bloodsport this time of the hundred times i've watched it i have a dream i think the director did a great job i would love an alternate reality a multiverse if you will where it is directed by robert altman and what we get is the robert altman audio style where everyone is miked and they've got someone on the fly moving stuff up and down and it's almost like popeye you can hear all the conversations at once because I would love to hear all the conversations of everyone in the Kumite Stadium, but especially I want to hear the conversations between the good cop and the bad cop because there are so many times, especially when they come in and they're like, all right, we got to let them fight. I guess we're going to do this. All right, come on. We're going to go do this. Like where they're just muttering for a while and I can't place what they could be talking about. And I would just love to know the conversation of Forrest Whitaker, who's pissed at this fucking partner who's too lenient, too good cop. Mm -hmm. And the good cop who's constantly like this fucking new Jack, like thinks he's going to go off the handle all the time. Get out of here. But, like, they're always chit-chatting with each other. And when Frank is, like, gets his saltpeter in his eye and it takes him down, you can see the reporter get up and then the cop is trying to hold her down. But I want to hear what he's saying to her. Yeah. Because also, Stop what does she it. think You're she's embarrassing doing? Us. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> fucking you know, supposed to be Americans here. Come on. Get out of here. Um, but, I mean, also, then, we could hear and give me subtitles, too. You can give it, like, it could be 
Robert Altman meets a David Foster Wallace novel where there's all these footnotes and we get everyone translated everywhere. I want to know what the fucking janitor's talking about. I want to know what that that fucking businessman better who gives the judge money and then takes it back. Well, yeah. (laughs) Funny scene. Fucking funny as hell. Um, uh, But yeah. I would just love to know all the pieces in there, but I think there's enough on the screen that I probably don't need to be distracted by that. Um, <laughs> I think uh, almost every fight in this is great, but Paco versus Dukes is a really great fight. Um, yeah. That fight, like D- Paco's move where he does the fist bump taunt yeah. and then gives him a quick hard kick, fucking great. Uh, uh, I mean... That was, again, where I started realizing, I was like, this guy is badass, but not because of the movies. Like, he's just a fucking Muay Thai fighter. Yeah. He's fucking really can do this shit uh, uh, and could probably fucking destroy JCVD. Um, <laughs> but also, that's the fight that has, you know, it's, again, a classic to me JCVD move. But basically what he does to the fucking bamboo tree and kickboxer where they start yes. kicking each other back and forth in the ribs. And he's like, come on, come on. Yeah. So much. I love that scene. Ugh, it's the greatest. So much j- slow-mo JCVD yelling as he does that. <laughs> and then also followed up with a gross wink to the reporter. Like mm-hmm. the back and forth when he beats Paco and he's sitting down and he's him and the reporter. There's like two too many back and forths. Like yeah. he winks. She looks seductively. He looks back at her. He kind of nods. She looks again. <laughs> They're like, like we see a wide, and he's got a giant boner <laughs> in his little gym shorts. Because it's as long as her arm. We already established that in her article in Black Belt Magazine. He's Frank Dukes. Yeah. He's got the biggest cock in all of the Kumite. <laughs> um, uh, and so, yeah, it's fucking great. And then that Chong Lee fight is wild. We talked about that. There really wasn't yeah. a need for him to kill him. Um, I thought about... Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I was skipping ahead to uh, Frank's fight. Oh, yeah. Because um, uh, I was like, think about the tea, Frank. <laughs> right. Uh, you got to remember your tea. It takes you too long to remember the tea. Uh, <laughs> when he gets dubbed over and he goes, you are next. Yeah. I always feel like it was a voice from another movie, or it's just like there's something about it. Yeah, that's they like, just took dialogue from another movie and they put it. Yeah, <laughs> um, you, they took out He Man. <laughs> yeah, so fucking great. Yeah, He Man. Uh, I will say, I know we said this is kind of perfect. There's a little. It feels like it needs. We're given it by Lynn. But it feels like we need a little bit more pomp and circumstance to let us know that this is the final match. Mm-hmm. Like it just has a little bit too much of a quick jump from like that guy died and we're still thinking about that too. Yeah. Oh, it's all over because I mean, Lynn gives us a like, this is it, Frank. You can make history here today. It feels a little lacking. Just a like, I'll give yeah. that. Um, it needs a little bit more pageantry and just like bombastic. Like this is yeah. The end. If we've been doing three days of this, it feels like you need like even over the top does a big deal about it. Like this is the final match, people. Ba 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 ba. It just feels a little soft. All bets in, and you could see like close ups of them counting the yeah. money and stuff, and then the registers, and then people being like, ah. Exactly. Um, I also love. Uh, <laughs> it's another hat on a hat, but I'll take it when like Chong Lee is basically like, you break my record. Now I break you. 
like I break your friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, dude, Jesus Christ. It's like, yes, you're flaunting that Harley Davidson uh, <laughs> yeah. bandana everywhere. Uh, pretty wild that the fight starts with JCVD jumping off of the referee to a kick, yes. but then also showing... He's Frank Dukes, always cordial to everyone. He'll use your back, but he'll make sure you're all right because he's Frank Dukes. Yes, exactly. Um, Here's a legit question that you can't answer, but I would almost... We'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see if you get to the answer to this. But it is like one I'd love to actually talk to someone, and this is the crazy moments when, again, my son is doing Kenpo Karate, and I'm like what point will I ask the instructor these questions? But I know that it looks cool when JCVD, because he can do his splits, that he can raise his leg when he does the kick. He can do a high side kick, but then do a second one right after. Wouldn't the second one maybe have less power? And I don't know if you would sacrifice by getting your leg back down to reset time. But it just feels oh, a little bit like it it's like looks like a windmill cool. torque. Maybe it's that's like inertia. It. You know, it's just yeah. Like it's you got that 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 weight going, and it's just like almost like. You know what, Frank? I said you wouldn't have the answer, and I apologize. It's okay. It's as I do it all the time. So that is true. I forget that you always take breaks halfway through our records to do some <laughs> windmill yeah. style uh, Chun Li kicking in street fighter two <laughs> yeah um yeah it's just there are there's a there the end they use me for mocap that is true uh you're still wearing the mocap suit which is odd take the yep. tennis take the ping pong balls off your body buddy uh, i want people to know it's quite not this who i am there's doug jones and there's me baby there's andy circus <laughs> and frank garcia hale <laughs> um i there is a lot of wasted energy in some of these fights that looks cool. Like I think it might be this one where he keeps he gets blind. He takes too long to remember the tea service, like you said. Yes. He's screaming. It's great because we love to see him scream. I was never completely clear if his eyes are bleeding or if he has a cut on his hands. I think it's a cut. Yeah. I think so too, but it's it's almost like I'm like, is it a stigmata or is it, you know, <laughs> like you're bleeding from the eyes sitch? But it takes him a little long, but then he does that move where there's a section in slow-mo where it looks cool that he's kicking and keeps missing Bolo's head, but he can do a billion in a row. Yeah. But also, if you really think about it, you're like, but you're not connecting on any of these kicks. It's just showing that you're still blind. But then it cuts to the reporter like creaming her jeans about oh, yeah. how amazing he is. Uh it looks cool, maybe some wasted movements, but that's also movie fighting. That's why this fucking movie works so fucking well. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, he basically gets fucking blind, remembers the tea service. It all fucking comes together. He takes fucking Chong Lee down, but I do still stand behind. I think it partly, if not all, is because he's a glory hound. Because Chong Li fucking keeps turning his back and trying to pump up the crowd. Yep. Forget the crowd. You got that's our that's me and Frank's fighting advice. Forget the crowd. Yeah. Just gotta focus on the Kumate. Just gotta do it. But he makes him say Mate. He makes him say Mate. He goes, I used my tea method, now you say Mate. My tea Mate. 
my Timote. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he gets honored. He gets his fucking, he gets to honor his Shidoshi uh, and the Kukurukai give him. He goes, this is for you, Shidoshi. <laughs> Super yep. emphasis on a Shidoshi. Um, and then, you know, we are given a, a, a rematch of a friendship that rivals Dudikoff and James. All right. But I got to say, like I said before, Jackson's got to fucking get that bandage changed. <laughs> he's got to stop drinking beer. That is not good he for bleeding. He tells him he loves him, and he's, he's, I believe it. He's touched. Doesn't alcohol thin out the blood or something? Like, <laughs> Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> that's why he's bleeding so much. Yep. That's why his eyes are crossing, because he's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, boy, I'm getting lightheaded. Right? He's got to figure some shit out. Um, but yeah, he gives him his fucking Harley Davidson fucking band-aid and that he's just basically like anytime any place anywhere if you ever need me i'll be there i love you my friend <laughs> yeah but he goes you too <laughs> yeah he's not <laughs> yeah, just, he doesn't say i love you he says you too oh, you, oh yeah, man you, it does yeah. feel like he's like about to be like all right don't get all fucking soppy on me here guy like yeah. take it easy i i have a pitch give it to me a Creed style movie where Frank Dukes has to train Jackson's son. Love it. Against <laughs> Bolo Young's son. Yes. To honor that his father got uh, kicked in the Murdered. head by a mule, basically. Yeah, he died. Yeah, because he died later. He yeah, dies of blood loss with... because he yeah. won't stop drinking. Because I'm sorry, people, to inform you, we love him. Jackson's an alcoholic. Uh, yeah. he he's he's or he's just drinking that one beer the tired yeah time. or he's he's been drinking uh it's actually liquid death uh, he's been holding <laughs> an early prototype version of liquid death and it's just water um uh and yeah and and then it just basically like he had promised the cops and the cops were like oh, he did it to us again and then nope he's like are you coming guys. God. He pops out like Bugs Bunny again. <laughs> Fucking Bugs Bunny move. Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> What's up, ducks? <laughs> What's up, ducks? Frag ducks. There yeah, we go. There you go. Uh, and then, yeah, we get the classic, I'm just glad you're on our side, kid. And then the reporter comes just to give him the fucking hand motion. Yep. They don't see each other ever again. He just He's like, see you later, bone chick. <laughs> I'll bone you yeah. later. <laughs> This worked out great for both of us. <laughs> I got to honor my Shidoshi and bang you. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> winner. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner, Frank Dukes. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then it ends with just a pile of lies. But Fight yep. to Survive is playing over it. And you're like, fuck it, it doesn't matter, man. This is the greatest fucking movie ever. And there is fucking the greatest song ever playing over it all. It's the best, man. Bloodsport. I love it. That's I will. Great. I will. You gotta watch it. I will. You have to watch it if you haven't watched it, people. And if you have watched it, rewatch it again for the billionth time, like it's your first. And if you can watch it with a child, that will watch it with wonder in their eyes. 
Um, yes. And you still might have to explain some 80s racism. Uh, you're going to have to explain uh, Jackson uh, creating a hashtag me too moment for that fucking poor woman on a bus. Uh, and uh, you're going to have to explain that Jackson didn't survive. <laughs> and also. that murder is legal. And that murder is legal as long as it is in an underground uh, fighting championship. Um, so when someone dies inevitably, uh, in an MMA match, uh, just chalk it up to a fucking blood sport, baby. Now, and then you'll say, what do you do? You say to your kid, now you know why it's called blood sport. (laughs) (laughs) Um, kind of on, uh, JCBD's acting. I know we hate the raspberry awards, but apparently we hate it. We think it's bullshit, but, uh, he was nominated for worst new star, but he lost to Ronald McDonald and Mac and me, man to compare the two is wild. Uh, and get the fuck out of my face. Raspberry. You are just the worst. Like, I mean this, you, you, you have to be lying to yourself to even like we said at the beginning that it's just like, even though he might not be the best actor, he's still the best actor. Like he's so charming and you just can't take your eyes off of, and it ain't yeah. just because of his beautiful man buns and his beautiful man yeah. tits. Um, <laughs> he is just a specimen of a human being. Uh, I find him infinitely charming all the time. Um, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, it's both going to be a great month and this was a great month. I'm talking about JCVD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we have anything we missed on Bloodsport? I don't think we do, probably. No. No. No, no. I mean, we're, yeah. It's the best. Over two hours. Yeah. This, yeah. It is just, the, it's truly the best. Uh, and so that's where, you know, at this point, uh, on a scale of 10 cannons, we got to give our cannon rating. Frank, how many cans does this cannon get? Oh, baby. Um, I'm going to give it a nine. I got to give it a 10, just 10 out of 10. What is the other one we gave yeah. a 10? Two, recently. I mean, we gave uh, tens to death wishes and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it's just like this is what I. If it's it, essential canon. Yes. If it if it You're really right. is right. boiled down to when someone's like, "What's the canon movie that I should be thinking about?" I go to Bloodsport first. Ultimately, honestly, yeah. it's just like you've seen Bloodsport, right? I'll say that or something. Like it's just it has everything. Like and and is yeah. and and to me is the diehard of canon films. Like it's just this like right. perfect comfort watch, um, and the and with a perfect soundtrack, and it's just like yeah, you want to watch a fighting movie? Watch this one. I would yeah. never suggest any other movie before this. There are many as I'd wa- I'd suggest of good movies, and yeah. we'll watch a bunch of them in this month. But. Uh, uh, it, it, I think it's just this perfect fucking movie. And especially if you have, uh, any love, uh, especially for all you people who really love MMA. If you haven't watched Bloodsport yet, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing? Seriously. Yeah, come on. And if you're a gamer and you love fighting games, what are you doing? Watch Bloodsport. Get out of here. Uh, but it's the greatest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, other than that, we got nothing else. So, I mean, thank you. Uh, for listening to us fucking go off and cream our genes about blood sport. But yes. Frank, where can people find us? They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Canon Canon. The second Canon is one in Akumate. 
<laughs> and uh, go to patreon.com slash the canon canon. Uh, help us uh, out to do this crazy task that <laughs> is doing the canon canon. We appreciate all of you that have. We appreciate all of you that are Patreon members and helped us vote on uh, our upcoming month slash this past month. Uh, and yeah, we appreciate all of you for listening. So until next week, I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. This is The, the Canon. 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 This is for you, Shidoshi. <laughs>